We wanted to take a second to address the current state of our nation and society. Too many black men and women have lost their lives at the hands of the police in the oppressive system we live in. The recent murder of George Floyd is not a wake-up call. It's just the same damn alarm that's been ringing for black men and women for centuries. We stand in solidarity of the many who are fighting, protesting, and raising their voices on the front lines to end police murder and brutality and systemic oppression of black people. Black lives matter. It's impossible for us not to address this when talking about a league and entity that is made up of almost 70% of black men. Our job as white men is to shut up and listen to the black voices and to amplify them. You can do this by donating to the many amazing organizations fighting this fight day in and day out, including Black Lives Matter, Campaign Zero, and Freedom Funds based in your city. Our podcast is designed to bring some fun and joy for a sliver of your day. Stay safe. We love you all. He's running down the middle by the 50. He's at the 30. He's bare-chested and banging his chest. Now he runs the opposite way. He runs at the 50. He runs at the 40. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. Welcome to Debates on Tap presents Football, the show. Why do you even ponder passing? I mean, you can take a knee and try a 56-yard field goal. This is not Detroit, man. This is the Super Bowl. I mean, Sam Darnold needs five downs to get a first down. Goodness, the Bears' season's going to end on a double doink. Baker Mayfield is better at throwing to the other team. Giants are coming off a worse week than Harvey Weinstein. I know you warned me (laughs) about talking good things about Tom Brady, and I'm telling you, I'm still off board. I should have, maybe it would have been better if I just surprised you. Yeah, it would have been a more natural reaction, but now I've got this rage. Now it's just extra rage pent in. Of course. You know what's helping with that rage? called a smooth transition (laughs) until you point it out and then it's no longer so on this welcome to the nfl show if you didn't know what it is brendan and i talk about football we're here we're back we're here to talk about the afc east and the nfc east american football it was brought to my attention that we are neglecting we're not talking about football i don't know football i'm not football i don't don't know how this is american football the nfl the national football correct uh and on this nfl show we generally try to stay away from beer "Quote unquote manly drinks." Yep. So today we've got two. We've got a, a, a drink called Fling, which is about as <laughs> non-manly as it gets, and a beer called Quirk. Nice. Not a beer, a seltzer. This is a seltzer. Yeah. The Fling was just to get our juices flowing. Yeah. These are both from Boulevard. Yes. And we're going to get into the re- review here in a second. But first, we have a special guest for this episode, who is a big. Miami Dolphins fan. Hello, yes. Yes. Hello. Our buddy Ty is here to talk about the NFL, which I'm pumped about. Can't wait. And again, Ty, we, the main reason we asked Ty on the show is because we wanted other perspectives, particularly since we're talking about the Dolphins in the AFC East. Ty is the biggest Dolphins fan I know. He's the only Dolphins he fan. He is the only Dolphins fan fair. I know, so that's why we asked him on. <laughs> He's got his Tua jersey on. I know. I'm, These I'm guys pumped. have the stats. I'm bringing the passion. I'm yes. bringing the heart. We yeah, already heard. We already heard. Fuck Jets. That's, oh yeah, that's good. It's a good start. Yep. Yeah, it's a good warm up game. <laughs> Rallying cry. <laughs> so fling here, real quick, just to, to pivot back. So these are mixed drinks, quote unquote, from Boulevard. Only a hundred calories. Only one hundred calories. Very. If you're fit, drink it. You know. It's got a bear riding a scooter. Yeah, I, it's I, got a lot I, of good I, artwork. And again, these are from Boulevard. So this is a blood orange vodka soda. Uh, and they use 360 vodka, which is, I believe, homegrown. 
This is this is very good. It is very good. And then to just in case that wasn't okay, I actually got a normal seltzer. And ex- from, so that way we don't deviate from what we've done. Right. Gotta keep things the same. So this is also from Boulevard. It's called Quirk, and they have a whole line of these. Mm-hmm. Uh this their their little tagline is spiked and sparkling. Uh and I believe it. So this is strawberry, lemon, and basil. And it's delightful. This is delicious. It's like, got you can actually taste the lemon and the basil in the end, and it's you, very nice. You can, and it's not like I don't know. Last time we had White Claw, which was a horrendous drink. I don't know why. Yelling flavors would, from the other room. Would uh, would do that. But this actually has a very good lemon oh, strawberry taste. Good. This is delicious. Yeah. Very good. And I mean, most seltzers, as we talked about, they're just refreshing drinks. Yeah. They're just there. You just want to sip on them and have a good time. Let's go out in the sun. No. Well, you cover, lost me. Let's cover, let's cover ourselves. In the shade. In the, in let's the go sh- in the shade. <laughs> Safely on the sidewalk. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, so Where the people belong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna talk about politics. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah. So yeah, this beer is good. I would probably right now give. Remember, it, it's not a beer. It, I'm sorry. This seltzer is very good. Yeah. What is our scale? We had a scale. It was zero to ten. Ten. And we we ended up white claw at the end of the episode. I think like four out of ten. Four at four point five out of ten. Well, we had a lot of flavors to try. So we yeah, did. Uh, I this think is we, only one. I'm flavor. pretty sure we opened it up with a four point five and then dumped it to a four. <laughs> yeah. At the end. That sounds like us. Yeah. It sounds awesome. Uh, right now, I'd probably give this a seven, seven and a half. I, I'm gonna give it quirk an eight. Whoa! I'm buddy. gonna give the fling a seven. Yeah, the fling. I'm, I wasn't including the fling. Okay, because it's not it's not seltzer. So. What, what do you think, Ty? One out of ten. Uh, it's a completely useless scale, but use it, please. <laughs> love love a good useless scale. Nice. Um, I'm gonna go with a. I'm saying probably at a seven on this. Nice. This See? is tasty. I Above average. I can yeah. do it yeah, for I a beer company it. making a seltzer drink. It's pretty good. Right. I'm glad Boulevard jumped on that train. So um, the AFC East is what we're starting with. We're well, let's do a couple a couple housekeeping your key things. terms. Okay, so uh, get your pencils out. Get your pencils out, people. Um, much out. It's much ready to talk <laughs> about the dolphins. It's furiously <laughs> writing. Yeah. Furiously going. Much like we Just had talked about pencil. Uh, uh, like last time, we we mentioned a lot about how defense doesn't win championships, especially these days. Um, there's this really interesting article in the Athletic where they talked to members of the 2004 Baltimore Ravens team, which had. A, one of the most dominating defenses in the NFL. Ray Lewis, Ed Reed, oh my Terrell God. Suggs. It, it's like you read who the, who the people were on that on that defense. It's crazy. It's they went f- like they lost only a couple games. They had one of the best point differentials in the league, which means their defense gave up less points than it, it was insane. And they rode that all the way to a, a pl- uh, Super Bowl win where they dominated like thirty eight to seven. Like was, it was their insane. quarterback Trent Dilfer? I'm, it was someone terrible. Yeah. Um, there was there I, there was a crazy stat. And again, if I had more foresight, I'd have this article in front of me. But there's a crazy stat in the last four games of the season where they gave up a total of 16 points. Like it was something insane. Yeah. Like through four games, they gave up 16 points. And I think through the playoffs, it was something crazy like that. They gave up like insane numbers. Like it was nuts. So, um, so basically, but what I, the whole thrust of the article and other things you read about defenses is that. If you invest heavily in a defense, much like the 2004 Baltimore Ravens did, that defense was only dominant and good and got them a Super Bowl that one year. All right. Um, you find through the years that, much like we're getting ready to discuss with the Patriots, is that whenever you invest in a quarterback, offensive to- weapons and tools, that's whenever you really become dominant over a long period of time. And you can have a mediocre defense Correct. in those and that's what something I think with the Patriots do well is that the defense for a long time just did their job mm. and basically just did what they could and then let Tom Brady 
be Tom Brady. That's what the Chiefs defense did at the last half of the season. They, they just started they just doing their job, their job. <laughs> and they became good, but they weren't dominant the whole year. So Correct. So let's talk about the, the New, New England Patriots. They went 12 they stink. and stink. <laughs> he knows. They, he does. They went 12 and four. They lost in the wild card round to the Tennessee Titans. Yeah, they did. Um, basically, the big crazy thing with these guys is that. They were actually 11th in offensive DVOA. So DVOA is that defensive defensive value above replacement or uh, average, basically. We explained it on the last time. We episode. explained it the last time. So basically just know that this is like what statisticians and NFL, anal- like true NFL analyst guys, this is what they actually look at when you talk about how efficient an uh, NFL offensive defense was. Yeah, the numbers nerds. So basically they were 11th in offensive DVOA. They were number one in defensive DVOA. Which is good. Their defense was... Crazy good. Now, Brendan, did they win the championship? They did not win any championships. Interesting. We'll get to that here in a second. Oh, um, we will. <laughs> they were seventh in sacks. They were first in interceptions, led by Stephen Gilmore of that great secondary. Stephon Gilmore. Stephon Gilmore. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, in last season, I think partly reason why they were so dominant and so good is they were tied 27th strength of schedule in 2019. So they had one of the easier, Easy. yeah. easier schedules. And if we remember, the, I think it was the AFC North that had like the easiest schedule because they were yes, all dog shit. Correct. Um, and what's interesting to highlight with the Patriots is that the four games they lost were all to playoff teams. Yeah. They lost to the Ravens. They lost to the Chiefs. They lost to the Texans. And they lost to the into Dolphins. the season to the Dolphins. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> I include the Dolphins as a playoff team because they helped the Chiefs get the number one. Uh, not just a playoff team. We're an honorary Super Bowl Correct. champion. I mean, true, essentially, I mean, Ryan Fitzpatrick magic basically got us to the Super Bowl. He should have banged the drum. At yeah. That's <laughs> all I'm going to say. Definitely. Um, so here's what I'll say about the Patriots right now. Um, Tom Brady, the specter of the AFC is no more. He's dead. The giant is gone. Found dead in Miami. We have stabbed him through the heart finally, and he is no more. Um, there's a lot of talk about Tom Brady last year, his stats, how well he played, how well he didn't play. This is something, this is basically why I warned Brian about this podcast, is because I, I since we had a month to prepare, oh, I did a lot more go. of film study, quarterback study, things like that to get a sense of like, cause I don't want to go into this saying just like, Oh, this quarterback was bad. Because if you look at Sam Darnold's numbers, he was a bad quarterback. And yeah. we'll get to that here in oh, a second. Yes. Um, fuck same the jets, right? Fuck, fuck the, the jets. jets. But like, God, Darnold's bad. <laughs> we'll talk about it. But there was this whole narrative last season where we were part of that narrative as well. I'm pointing to Brian and myself and Ty, I'm, I'm sure was including this. Oh yes. Where Tom Brady in the offense did not look like themselves. You about to go back on the narrative that we built from the ground up last season? Possibly. Oh my Here's God. Here's what I'll say. Here's what I'll say. Um, Tom Brady, how does he excel in the NFL? He's a surgeon. He's Luck. death by a thousand cuts. He will take... That sounds like the opposite of a surgeon. <laughs> <laughs> He's a bad surgeon. Yeah. He will take the e- the 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 the. the easiest lowest risk route over the bigger route he's always been like that right right, right. Mm-hmm. last season their receiving core was compromised of julian edelman uh muhammad sanu who they got late in the season and who didn't do anything he didn't and i think that was a product of they got him halfway through the season and then he just getting the offense together was bad they had philip dorsett who is now being had andrew luck and tom brady is still dog like terrible yeah. 
Um, and then they had Nikhil Harry, who I think was a uh, he was a rookie, basically. And again, when we call people dog shit, we understand that they're in the NFL and they are more athletic than we will ever <laughs> Far be. Far more athletic than us. When we're saying dog shit, we just mean that in an opinion-based form yes. on what we see relative to the other players we yes. see. Yes. And here's something I, I think... Just, I mean, we can. We're going to move on here very quickly because I'm, I'm, I hate Tom Brady. I hate his guts. Oh yeah. But I want to say this whole narrative of Tom Brady was worse last year. I think it's a product of a few things. One, they had no number one outside receiver. They fuck, did not fuck ha- Julian Edelman. They didn't have Julio Jones. They didn't have Larry Fitzgerald. They didn't have Sammy Watkins, Tyreek Kill. They didn't have those guys. Remember how good he was with Randy Moss? Correct. And so that's what I'm saying. Last year, they didn't have the guy who could go up and grab the ball. Like, just, I know yeah. this guy can burn down the edge of the field and get open, and I can throw it to him. Tom Brady tried to make those throws, and he was not helped out by Sanu, who's learning the offense, Philip Dorsett, who couldn't do anything, and then Julian fucking Edelman. Here's something I want to, I want to, this is a fun game I wanted to play. Julian Edelman is in the conversation a lot for Hall of Fame guy. He's won several Super Bowls with the Patriots. Um, everyone sees him as this gritty little turd of a guy. He stinks. Let's talk about some of his stats. I'm gonna, we're going to do a blind stats. I'm another receiver who is regarded as not very good. Yeah. And then Julian Edelman. Okay. Okay. I want you to tell me who, who is better. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> Career. This quarterback had 7,200 yards and 44 touchdowns. He quarterback. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Wide receiver. Okay. Um, over the course of his career, he had 70, 7,200 yards, um, as well as 44 touchdowns. Uh, his yards per reception were something like 13.4 and his targets were almost a thousand targets. Okay. 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 Let's go to this other, other guy. Yeah. This other, uh, this other wide receiver who's been in the league longer than the first receiver has 6,500 yards. Okay. His yards per reception is 10.9 less and 36 total touchdowns less and has closer to 900 targets, et cetera. Yeah. Which wide receiver would you say has better numbers, better hall of fame numbers? Well, the, the first receiver you gave uh, undoubtedly has better numbers because you read them. Correct. I believe higher numbers are good. Correct. Correct. For wide receiver positions. In, in football, maybe not football. Yes. But the first wide receiver I, I listed the stats of is Dwayne Bow. Who? <laughs> you guys remember Dwayne Bow? Chiefs fan. Famous <laughs> wide receiver for the Kansas City Chiefs then went to finish his year uh, season in Cleveland. Widely regarded as a huge letdown. A huge bust. So I, I see every so often... Mainly, it's these analysts that Brian and I rail against constantly talk about Julian Edelman should be in the Hall of Fame conversation. When Julian Edelman does not put up Hall of Fame numbers, he's a slot guy. He's a small, smaller receiver, so he is not that big Julio Jones, Larry Fitzgerald guy, right? And people don't get in the Hall of Fame just for winning championships. Let's make that clear. Make that very clear. So going back to this team, uh, biggest thing was they lost their quarterback. So free agency needs, they need a quarterback. Who's their, who's their quarterback? Tom Brady. <laughs> and they signed, hold on, I had this, because they, they signed. They made one of the dumb, Hoyer, right? Brian Hoyer. They signed Brian Hoyer to a lot of money. A lot of money. To be likely the number two guy. It sounds like Jarrett Stidham. Who? <laughs> Let me say that again. Jarrett Stidham <laughs> is their, he was, he was their backup last year. I think he was drafted in 2017, 2018. Um, he is likely going to be their quarterback this year. Jesus Christ. And you you watch this guy's tape, especially because mostly he's only played in preseason games, which granted, that doesn't say a whole lot about what a quarterback can do. Um, but really, he he doesn't, he's a little bit more mobile than Tom Brady, which Tom Brady was a I, cement I, truck. I was like going to say. Up. Um, but Jarrett Siddham doesn't have 
the awareness, the look on the field, you know, things like that. It's, it's not it's a, a 99 weird. on Madden. Yeah, it's very weird. He makes a lot of bad mistakes, things like that. So I'm curious what they're going to do with that. Um, well, let me tell you, they didn't draft a quarterback anywhere in the draft. They did not. I was very so. curious if they were going to do that. Um, as well, they lost a lot of big starters on defense to teams we talked about last week. Uh, Jamie Collins, Kyle Van Noy, and Danny Shelton, which made up a lot of their gigantic defense, uh, dominant defense. Um, I think pretty sure they lost Devin McCourty as well. So he's a free agent. He still. was a free agent still. He hasn't gotcha. signed anywhere else, so he might come back to the Patriots. But as of now, he's not a Patriot. He's not he a was Patriot. a big player in all of their Huge. recent defensive success. Um, then you look at guys like Patrick Chung. He's 33 years old. Yeah, he's, he's not. He's, in football, that's 98. That's He's ancient, yeah. uh, basically. So basically, New England needs a lot of new life in their secondary. And... To, so I know we're getting to the draft soon, but the, the, with their first three picks, they went all defense. They did. So that does say something. It does say something in what they want to do. They also, I, I highlighted a big need. It was probably tight end wide receiver. They need they need mm-hmm. receiving help. And that's... They signed Marquise Lee. They did, yes. I uh, guess better than Dorsett. He's good. Uh, yes, he's going to be better than Dorsett. Dorsett was a guy who could not understand routes and concepts and things like that. It's, it, he's, it's bizarre watching him play. Um... They had uh, their tight ends on their roster last year. All four of them combined for 37 catches. Yikes. Their tight end group, all of them combined for 37 catches. People, now, that is not a high number. That is no. not a high number. People will remember Rob Gronkowski would get 37 catches a game. Yes, so. correct. Um, so, so basically, they also need wide receiving help. Uh, again, we talked about Muhammad Sanu. They got him halfway through the season. I think, I'm pretty sure they signed him to a deal this year, too, so he's still on the team. Um, obviously him picking us stuff up will be helpful. Uh, Nikhil Harry, who we talked about, he was young. He'll pick up uh, and be a little bit better as well. Um, but really that's all, that's all I've, I've got for ma- major free agency stuff, but they didn't, they didn't do a lot in free agency. They, didn't. they lost more quiet. than they got. Right. And that's never good for a team. Right. So obviously what are they going to do at quarterback? What are they going to do at tight end? Um, linebacker and everything like that was nuts. So do you, did they, they, you said they didn't really sign a whole lot in free agency, right? Right. They, the, the main signings were Marquise Lee and mm. Brian Hoyer. Uh, Gostowski, their kicker, is also a, still a free agent. He hasn't signed anywhere else, really? I believe. But Interesting. They haven't re-signed him. Um, got, a, uh, got a quick note regarding Stidham. Uh, <laughs> Chris Sims, out oh, of Boston, sure. uh, has said that Stidham is more talented then Tua Tungavaloa. So we're going to see how that huh. plays out this season. Bless you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I'm slowly ramping like up. That. So, yeah, this is, we, we, <sighs> we've railed against those analysis who have those kind of takes oh, yeah. that are just like. Yeah, people talked a lot what? of shit on Mahomes three years ago, so. Yeah, oh, yeah. so, and they, some people still do. So. Yeah, yeah, what are you going to do? Hell, Omar out of Miami is one of the worst analysts I've ever heard. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. So um, in so the draft, is that I, I have, they had a very Patriots draft. They did. It was strange. <laughs> so like we said, first three picks were defense. They got a safety and they traded out of the first round. They did as yeah. per usual. That's I mean, a pa- very Patriots thing to do. Let's, let's accrue more draft picks. So they got a safety and then two edge defenders, which just means right. guy normally guys are going to be rushing the quarterback. Um, and then they spent uh, their second third round pick on a tight end. And then they spent their fourth or their third, the third next, round yeah, pick, third pick on, on, another, on tight a t- end. another tight end. So it kind of seems like what they're doing is trying to recreate that magic with Rob Gronkowski and Aaron Hernandez without Tom Brady. And I don't think that's going to work. That's it's not going to work, but not at all. 
I I think Patriots fans need to get used to the word rebuilding, and I think it's going to start after this year. Yes, I I think this this year, especially since they, I think. Take a breath. Whatever their uh, movement through the draft, that was going to really define where the Patriots are going to go this season. Yeah. And them not picking up a quarterback, them kind of just accruing like, oh, we got some okay defensive guys. We're getting tight ends again. And they got a kicker in the fifth round. And they got a kicker in the fifth round. So I think it was just kind of like, we're just going to pick up some positions that we need right now. Yeah. And then focus on the long-term future. Um, I do think that this is the last year you'll see Belichick. Are we in our hot takes yet? No, no, that no. Was my we got to talk about twenty. We got to talk about twenty. We got to talk about twenty twenty first. Okay. So in the year, in the year of our Lord twenty twenty, the Patriots have the hardest schedule in the NFL. Their strength of schedule is the hardest of the NFL. Okay. Um, because they play us again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm pretty positive they play uh, teams like they play all the AFC West. They, so play, they play the twenty twenty one Super Bowl champs twice. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> a they, week one, even. They open up the season against the Dolphins. Uh, they play Seattle. I'm pretty sure they play the 49ers as well. Yes. the I mean, obviously, and I think a lot of the AFC, this East division, uh, division is going to be way better. Um, so that's, they play the Ravens. Good God. Texans. Jesus Christ. I Cardinals are going to be better than they were. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. So they, they do. I mean, if they have the hardest schedule, they're not going to do well. So over under 12 and four. Under. <laughs> Absolutely. There's under. not a chance they're going to get close to 12 games. I'll say Pats it. are a 10-win team this year at I, best. I I'm going to go I less think, than that. I think 10 wins is maybe That's the ceiling, ceiling if they yeah. get really lucky. Yeah. Um, I'm looking at more like seven, eight games win- yeah. winning. That's what I'm looking eight, at. Eight. Um, the, biggest, the biggest holdup on that and the biggest holdup on me seeing the Pats decline yet is I think we are go- such a they're specter going, and a they're vampire. going to decline. Like yeah. it's, it's happening. Um, but... Dolphins are poised to make a move, and this isn't just me being a homer. Right. Um, we don't know anything are, about being homers. Yeah, so. exactly. Bills are also uh, poised to make a strong right. move in the AFC East right now. Um, Dolphins likely, realistically, are not going to start making that move until the end of this season yeah. and beginning of next. Right. But And that's what we, we'll talk more about, yeah. like what specifically the Dolphins but are going to do, because I would agree with that. Pats are still going to be able to hang on to a pretty heavy lead and control of... Right. The AFC East through this season. Because I, I still think, because I think the biggest team that's going to give them trouble right now specifically Bills. is the Bills. Yes. Absolutely. The Bills, I think, are going to eventually take the East. They almost took it last they, year. They got dangerously close last year. Um, and so I, I would totally agree with that. Is that like you give this this league, or, I'm sorry, this division a couple a year or two, and then that's whenever we see the big mm-hmm. power flip away from the Patriots. Yeah. But because I, it's one of those things that, Bill Belichick is one of the best coaches to ever play the game. Uh, second only to Andy Reid, in my yeah, opinion. Yeah, Well, and Andy Reid doesn't cheat. Correct. Um, Bill Belichick will, he knows the game of football so well and knows how to, again, structure the defense to do their job for the past 10, 15 years to win games that I think you're still going to have a little bit of that Patriots kind of like Ty said, like if they have a lead or some like close game, like it's going to be, they're still dangerous. Yeah. But I think this game, this team ultimately hinges on we have no idea what Jared Stidham is going to look like. Literally, no idea. Stidham? <laughs> Barely knew him. <laughs> Damn near killed him. We have college tape from Stidham, and he looks fine. He's a, He was a fine college quarterback. I don't think he did too much special from my little bit that I've seen about this guy. In watching preseason games from last year, he didn't look that great anyway. And again, that was playing against like second, third stringer guys. So it's kind of like, 
is this guy truly going to be the guy that makes the the next step to the like to the next level? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Give me since I already blew my hot take, right? What give me yours? I'm, I'm itching to get your hot take I about think, the past. I think uh, you're going to find that Brian Hoyer is going to take over. The, like something's going to happen. Like because they paid Brian Hoyer a lot of money. A lot of money. And um, like we talked about last time with Foles, you don't pay that kind of money to be a backup quarterback. So I agree with that. Yes. Yeah, so where you're going with it? I I, I think Brian Hoyer is going to start game one for the. I do too. Yeah. For the oh, I didn't think that was a lot of money. They paid him one year, a million dollar deal. That's a lot of money for <laughs> Brian Hoyer. Are you fucking kidding <laughs> me? You're not wrong. I think that was literally the uh, the the minimum. Um, I I think honestly, like because they don't have any money wrapped up in Jared Stidham, they don't have any money wrapped up in Brian Hoyer. And um, Brian Hoyer's played, and he's won. He's won. He's won. I'm pretty sure he's won he's a won. game or two. I think I think you plug Brian Hoyer into this offense and the way Belichick and these guys run the offense, and I think he, they will succeed to a point. Yeah. But I don't think this is a year they, they win more than 10 games. Um, but I definitely could see Brian Hoyer. My hot take is Brian Hoyer likely will be start, starting week one. Ty, do you have a hot take? I know we didn't really say that you should come in with hot takes, and I know you oh, have I've a got lot him. of hot takes. I've got them. Good, good. Give us a hot take about the Patriots. Um, They're... The Patriots are not nearly as good of a team as they've been made out to be just because of Tom Brady. Like, Belichick is a fantastic football mind. He's also a colossal colossal piece of shit that has nothing to do with his football skill. Uh, He sucks, but also has... He sucks and can die in a fight. And has great... He also has a great fashion sense with the short sleeve hoodies. That's a (laughs) fantastic move. And his move during the draft of having his dog sitting in his seat was phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, But the, the fact is... Belichick has not shown us anything in the past four years that makes me believe he's actually going to command a dynasty now that Brady's gone. Correct. He he is a good coach, and he had... So, yeah, I, I hate Brady. He's caused me nightmares for <laughs> years on end at this same, point. Same but dude. <laughs> he's, he's one of the best quarterbacks we've ever seen right. in our lifetime. Um, like, in our generation, getting to grow up watching football, Brady is a next-level talent. And now I have no hard feelings towards Brady now that he's in Tampa because that's going to be fun as hell to watch Brady in Tampa. I would agree with you. And since he, much I, like I, I talked like about, watching since, he, the Bucks. since he has bigger, better receivers, I think they're going to be a little bit better. But we'll talk about that whenever we get to Tampa Bay. South. But, the, but yeah, so Brady carried the Pats. He, he had a lot of good weapons around him. He carried the Pats and carried Belichick and made Belichick look like so right. much more of a mastermind than he actually is. Right. And I, I would totally agree with you, but the way Brady plays the game, much like I said, that like he is happy to throw the ball 40, 50 times. Excuse me. Rip that one. He's happy to throw the ball 40, 50 times if it gets them to keep moving the ball down the field. Like he, mm-hmm. Brady is not above, like, oh, I would rather take this lower risk five to six yard completion over the 30 yard possible like higher risk play. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so I would agree. I mean, Brady was very involved with that offense. You see already in Tampa Bay, uh, Brady has been meeting with Bruce Arians and like the offensive coordinator down there with trying to like tool the offense around Brady. Cause Brady mm-hmm. is a very good offensive mind. And that's um, that you, your point right there is I yes. think that highlights what that, that's what I was going to say about the Patriots. Like, People always try and argue Brady is a system quarterback. I think it's opposite. Yeah. Brady is a once-in-a-lifetime QB talent that you build your system around. Correct. And, and that's what... Oh, this is the other point I wanted to bring up. Let's go back to our oh, clarification damn. stuff. Yeah. Um, because your hot take is obviously you don't think Belichick's going to make it to the year 
or be done at the end of the year, right? I, I think this is his last year. That's that's heavy. Tom Brady makes out with kids. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Just give him a little kiss on kiss on the head. So on the mouth. Here's what Hand I want on the mouth. Th- I'm glad that's a really interesting point because that kind of a clarification I kind of wanted to make uh, regarding the difference between Lamar Jackson and Deshaun Watson. Mm, okay. Deshaun Watson succeeds despite the system and is still a good quarterback. Yes. Lamar Jackson succeeds because of the system mm-hmm. and where he's put into the, like where he is at. In the you system. could even say he exceeds because of the because system. Because of the system. If you f- he would still be an okay if quarterback. If you put yeah. Lamar Jackson in Andy Reid's system, in Belichick's system, it would not work. You put Deshaun Watson in those systems, I think it would work. Yeah. You know what I mean? You put um, Lamar Jackson in a Bill Snyder system, that's a championship <laughs> team. We don't care about passing the ball. Right. But, but it's just an interesting thing about like quarterbacks and how they are put into systems. And like a lot of time, mm-hmm. quarterbacks work with offense. It's not just you, they get, just get a play and just say, hey, run this play and go do it. It is a long study over months and months and months and months of putting plays together that work in, with your quarterback. Oh, yeah. and I'll talk about a long-term QB study. <laughs> just you wait. <laughs> All right, so let's move on to the Buffalo Bills. Yep, Bills. The, Buff- the Buffalo Bills were ten and six last year. They they lost in the wild card round in a amazingly fun game against the Texans and went to overtime. Remember, we were at that bar oh, watching that game. Yeah, Jesus Christ, because we got there early. Um, so remember bars. <laughs> <laughs> so last year the Bills, and this is something I want to talk about specifically Josh Allen here in a second is uh, they were 21st in offensive DVOA, which means they were not a very efficient... Just below average. Man. They were not a, they, not efficient uh, uh, offense. They were the sixth-rated sixth rate, sixth defense in DVOA. So their defense was pretty damn stellar last year. That defense had was 12th in sacks and 8th in interceptions. So all around pretty damn good. Um, they also had uh, the 24th strength in schedule for 2019. So a relatively easier schedule... But with so, a new quarterback and everything. Right. And that's what, again, I'm going to get into quarterback mode here in a second. Jer- uh, I, I like uh, uh, Josh Allen a lot. Um, he is a very tall, big quarterback who has a big arm. Big hands. Make, he's got big hands. Uh, he, I think he, he, in the right system, he can be, excel very well. The problem with Josh Allen is that he tries to play hero ball a lot, where he feels like I have to take all this on myself and make a lot of bad decisions. Well, shit, he's, I'm playing for the Bills, and you kind of <laughs> if you sign with the Bills, you kind of feel that way. Exactly. So, and that's what I have here in a second. I mean, you look at the wide receivers they had in Buffalo last year; it wasn't wasn't that pretty. No, so they addressed that. So. They they did, which is which is amazing. Um, but yeah, so I I I, locked, I like Josh Allen a lot. I like Josh Allen more than I like Sam Darnold. That's why here in a second when we talk about over unders, I think this Bills team is poised. To be don't, don't spoil it. A team. So <laughs> <laughs> they are in fact a team. They are in fact a team. But again, you look at they had guys like Cole Beasley, John Brown. Cole! Cole! You had John Brown. I don't I don't I don't really know a lot of their um guys they had thrown the ball to because No, and, th- and that was the thing is they didn't have a lot. Of, they wanted Cole to fill that Julian Cooley and Julian Edelman. Cooley and Julian. Cooley and Julian. And the Wes Welker type role, where he's just in the slot oh, and gives Wes like a Welker. safety valve, right? To so, so you Josh look Allen. at jo- uh, John Brown actually had a thousand yards for the for the Bills. Uh, Cole Beasley had seven hundred seventy eight, 
their next leading receiver on the team was a tight end at 380 yards. Yeah, not not uh, not a lot of target Brutal. disparity there. Uh, but their rushing uh, offense was a little bit better. But but still, I mean, this was a team that needs some pieces. Specifically, they need wide receiver help. So they went out and got Stephon Diggs from Minnesota, which I is bananas. That's going to be fun. See. I cannot that's, wait to see that. That's a good pickup. Do you worry about that as a fan? Absolutely. Of the yeah. I, so I was not... The Bills are weird because the Bills are always either a threat or just a complete non-factor right. to the Dolphins. Um, and even if to everyone else they're a non-factor, there's still a huge chance they'll be a threat to the Dolphins because every single year we just get dicked on by the Bills right. one way or another. Um, but they, they, Allen had no weapons around him this year. He had no nothing to work with. And so I, I worry about seeing Allen pick up more um, offensive weapons and receivers because that's when I think we're going to see a big problem uh, with the Dolphins, especially our defense handling that. Yeah, I would agree. Because we haven't had a standout deep player in a few years. Oh, yeah, sure. And I'll talk about that later. Right. I've got all kinds of things to And talk so about. Diggs was technically their first-round pick in the right, draft because, because, they, because they traded yes. that to Minnesota. So, so that was a huge pickup. They also needed offensive line help. Uh, Josh Allen was sacked on 7.6% of his dropbacks, which is like one of the highest in the league. Yeah, that's a that lot. is an insane amount, which is part, part for the course for why he, why Allen needed to play hero ball and do more. Right. And they actually traded away two offensive linemen. They did. Uh, one of their start, their starting left guard was, I think he's a free agent and gone. Um, so yeah, they also, while their defense was really good, they needed a lot more pass rusher help because two of their biggest pass rushers who had combined for 16 sacks Jordan Phillips and Shaq Lawson both left yeah, in free agency. Shaq Lawson went to the Dolphins. So right. Oh yeah. So that's a great pickup. So basically, they need they need obviously offensive weapons. They need offensive line help to protect Allen, and they need more pass rushers. Um, they didn't really address the offensive line in the draft, which right. is interesting to me. Mm-hmm. But they did get. I mean, they drafted a running back in the third round. They drafted a wide receiver in the fourth round. Uh, there was a lot of trades going on because of all all the trades they made with like Minnesota. That was a there was like three or four of them that they got uh, that they traded away and right. all that kind of stuff. So I don't know, man. Their defense is always pretty good, right? And they and they mm-hmm. brought in uh, oh, did they bring in Josh they, Norman? They or, so yeah, they got Josh Norman oh, from yeah. Washington. Yeah, which is the no names and <laughs> which is strange because he's getting older. He's yeah. kind of fallen off, but they still have Tre'Davious White. Right. So you pair Tredavious White and Josh Norman, even if you have Josh Norman take the slower of right. whoever receivers. And I have them, they brought in a guy, uh, an offensive lineman, Daryl Williams in free agency, uh, who can play guard or tackle, depending on what another guy can do and stuff like that. But um, yeah, so like you said, in the draft, they didn't have a first round pick, um, but they did take an edge rusher who I think is going to be pretty damn good, A.J. Espinosa. Yeah, and I think he technically, uh, people thought he would go higher than he did. Right. So, uh, and, they, and they picked up Jake Fromm. That was weird. And, the quarterback. Uh, goodbye, Jake Fromm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, which is bizarre, which is nuts. I don't, what, what, I don't understand these teams that do this. We never will. Where they, they're drafting quarterbacks when they have a, like quarterbacks like Carson Wentz and, uh, and uh, Aaron Rodgers on big contracts. Then you have a develop like yeah. Josh Allen, who's mm-hmm. coming up and and he's going to be good, I think, yeah. unless he doesn't make any strides this year, then he won't be good. But, but but you hit the nail on the head. They did not draft a cornerback 
or any more or no offensive linemen in the draft. Yeah, and sometimes you have to handle that through free agency, which I think they did. So, uh, so let's go into over under. Yeah. So ten and six over under. I for me, I think they're going to be either right around there or one or two games higher. I don't think they're going to win twelve, but I think they're eleven and five for sure. I, I think they're very close to. Yeah, I, I would agree. Eleven to twelve. I think that's what they're going to be at. I think they're going to win this division, basically because they're going to fill the vacuum of the Patriots. It's like mm-hmm. Ty said. Yeah, they're the closest to yes. make a run this yeah. year. And, and I think I, I'm really curious. So offensively, like how Josh Allen's going to continue to develop. I think that's a big thing to watch out for, as well as the offensive line. That's going to be a, a huge thing to watch for for yeah. these guys because it was already bad, and I wonder how better it's truly going to get and that's what this record comes down to if Allen, his line and his receivers all do well right. this year they're an 11 win team Correct. if they do poorly they're probably their ceiling is nine right if um if Allen can't properly utilize those new right. receivers and his line doesn't protect him they're absolutely topping out at nine exactly and so this year in 2020 their strength of schedule is tied for fifth so it, it's a damn tough. It's gonna schedule. be it's gonna be a tough road, and Josh Allen really does have to make those leaps and bounds in his development right. if they want to uh, if they want to make it. Now, however, I mean, some of those are like so. The, I saw the Titans are on there. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's gonna be. I don't. Th- I, the Titans made it uh, farther in the playoffs, so their people who play them their their strength of schedule right. is automatically higher. But that's one of those teams that I don't think is gonna have the same success. So mm-hmm. that's gonna be a win. Uh, anybody who plays the Raiders is gonna be a win. Um, so yeah, and then they go, they play Seahawks and Cardinals, other teams like that. And so. playing the Patriots and twice. And the 49ers, wow. Yeah, playing the Patriots twice in a year is not what it used to be. Exactly. So yeah, uh, so yeah I think they're going to be uh, over what they were, but not by but much. Not, but not a, a really stellar team. So what, you have, uh, do you have a hot take for this team? Do you have a hot take for this team? Not, I mean, it, I, I think it, the hot take is easily feast or famine. Yeah. Like, I think Ty hit the nail on the head is that like, depending on, where Josh Allen is and how all the pieces work. Like this team could be really stellar. Yeah. Or this team could be really bad <laughs> because I, I, I think obviously their schedule is much harder. So they went 10 and six against the 24 strength of schedule and in one, despite a lot of things, but now that they're playing the fifth hardest, like one of the fifth hardest schedules this year, I think it's gonna be tougher, man. I, I, I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, my hot take is officially, I, I don't know if Josh Allen is actually going to take that next step. So I, I think they're going to be much like we had talked about hot take wise on the lower end of the wins one column. So. I think the best way to describe the bills, they are like, there are so few hot takes you can have about the bills because they are just such a, their team. Yeah. They're just, they <laughs> exist. They're right. good. Um, it's surprising. Yeah. Right. The, for a long time, I, um, the AFC West and the AFC East were actually really analogous. the, Broncos were the Patriots, right. the Chargers were the Bills, the Dolphins were the Chiefs, mm-hmm. and the Raiders were the Jets. Now that's flipped, and now Chiefs are the Patriots mm-hmm. of the AFC West. That's right. Um, Say it again. Yeah, we're going to cut that <laughs> oh, out yeah. and put it in the intro. Yeah. <laughs> um, and now Broncos and Dolphins are probably very similar, and then you've got your Chargers-Bills thing still, and they're just all kind of just hanging out in there. Chargers are the same kind of team that can just suddenly surprise you. Well, because they have a ton great. of talent on the team. The The Chargers always are picked every year. I say, is Ty a national analyst? What the fuck's going on? <laughs> are they going to win the AFC West? <laughs> because, again, the Chargers always have, they have a lot of good pieces. You you just pick out, like, oh, this mm-hmm. guy's great. This guy's great. This guy's great. And that's, 
and then they're ruined by injuries, and or they're ruined by the, bad luck, or they're ruined the by Philip Rivers. Are. <laughs> the Bills are that, but without the extraordinary yeah. talent also thrown in there. Um, so they're just they're a nothing team who has a lot of potential yeah. to really throw a wrench in the works for other playoff hopefuls, but they don't have a huge playoff run in them themselves. Yes, I, I would. That's a, that's a phenomenal way to put it. I think my hot take is fantasy related. Uh, not that fantasy. A, a different oh, one. Oh, go to the bathroom. Josh Allen and his big hands. It's, it's, <laughs> it involves Gina Carano. Oh, <laughs> yikes. Uh, I think Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs are going to be a top three wide receiver quarterback yes. combo. So it did involve his big hands. It does. It does a little bit. Because Josh Allen has the arm, man. Yeah. Just yeah. Stephon Diggs just beat so your I guy think, and go. I think those two are going to, yeah. but I still think they're going to lose games despite those two putting up huge numbers. So. Yes, because I, I, the way it's looking, their their defense is going to take a little bit of a step back. So yeah. it's going to be interesting. But that's my, that's my hot take. So now let's move on to the New York darn Jets. J- J-E-T-S. Jets, Jets, Jets. Uh, boy, they what went can you say? Seven, <gasps> this, will be a, this will be a quick section. The Jets are insane. They went seven and nine, missed the playoffs, surprisingly. <laughs> they had all kinds of crazy stuff because they, they, had some, they had some surprising wins, but then they would lose to teams like the Dolphins and the Bengals. Hell yeah. It was insane. Like, th- this team was crazy. Granted, their quarterback, Sam Darnold, had mono <laughs> and was out for a portion of the season. He kissed a girl. He's also a medium. <laughs> the uh no one derailia but somebody on the nfl subreddit did a full analysis of the games uh arnold played the number of deaths in those either states or cities and then <laughs> the likelihood that he would have seen ghosts during that game like literal compared ghosts yeah. to his performance oh, oh, right. Jesus. <laughs> and so yeah <laughs> we'll talk about sam darnold yeah uh, they were the 31st offensive DVOA, so pretty piss poor. Bad. Worst in passing, so pretty awful passing uh, offense. 10th DV, d- defensive DVOA, second rushing defense in the league. They okay. were a phenomenal defense. They've always had a pretty solid defense. Correct. Mm-hmm. However, 23rd in sacks, 18th in interceptions. So they got by on just like just stopping the rough, stopping, stopping everyone. Pass. Yeah. Yeah. If they played a team with a bad quarterback, they right. had a better shot of winning. So. And also it says a lot that their strength of schedule last year was tied for 27th. So very easy schedule. Um, Sam Darnold's another guy that you watch his film and it comes across as in sometimes Sam Darnold is like, he's willing uh, to make a good pass or make a contested pass. He's not afraid to do that. Um, other times there was film stuff that I watched in the same game well, they'll run the exact same play looking for the exact same thing, and he just rushes it and boots it out and doesn't know what to do with it. He's scared, man. And it's it's crazy. So Seeing ghosts. Th- so that, that game where he said he was seeing ghosts against the Patriots, the Patriots knew that the Jets' offensive line was one of the worst in the league. Garbage. Terrible. Garbage line. So if you, watch, if, if you get the chance, go back and watch that Patriots-Jets game. The Patriots blitzed on like, the majority of the defensive plays and left left did cover zero where basically they would have no over the top help, no safety yeah. help yeah. and only be one-on-one matchups because they knew they could get to Sam Darnold before he could throw the ball. There are so many instances where Sam Darnold would get to the bottom of his three-step five-step five-step drop and there'd be a guy on top of him. Yeah. Like it's insane. So the offensive line did Sam Darnold no favors whatsoever. <laughs> and they also didn't have any weapons. Really? They had Le'Veon Bell who Nothing. couldn't do anything because of the line. They had a guy named Robbie Anderson. That yeah. was the oh, second yeah, yeah. 
You know, <laughs> famous <laughs> Robbie Anderson. <laughs> Hot uh, Robbie, as we yeah. call him. Um, so, yeah, so their offensive line, the Jets quarterbacks, because, again, Sam Darnold had mono at, in the year of our Lord 2019. It Remember Geno Smith. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Jets' quarterbacks were sacked on more than 9% of dropbacks, which is the, the worst in so the league. So if someone told you that you were going to have a 1 in 10 chance of getting hit by an NFL defensive lineman, would you take that? I wouldn't. I, I'd be like, no, no, thank you. I don't want to do How that. much are you going to pay me? Nah, yeah, exactly. I'm good. Um, so yeah, Robbie Anderson was uh, a very high, very high targeted guy. Uh, Jamison Crowder was their uh, other big... Um, Receiver still only got 833 yards, and he was their number one receiver. And I was gonna say, those guys are fine. I've seen plays of them making right. good catches, they're better than uh, oh, yes. what's his face that we talked about on the Patriots, Dorset. Yes, uh, <laughs> but when you have Sam Darnold with, without time, and yeah. I don't want to shit too much on Sam Darnold because he doesn't have time to throw it, the it's, ball. it's, it's yeah. very hard to make a, a grand statement about Sam Darnold with how bad the offensive line was. Yeah. But Very hard. to their credit, they signed or, or they, they drafted an offensive tackle with their first pick at number 11. Right. So they do know their weaknesses and it's good to be self-aware in this league. Right. And uh, again, their weaknesses, like we talked about offensive line, their offensive line was garbage last year. Yep. They didn't have really big uh, receiving uh, help, which was their second pick. Correct. A and then receiver. I would say edge rusher. Yep. What edge rusher defensive line they need because they, again, their sacks were very poor and they got that in round three. Correct. So they, if anything, the jets have been self-aware, uh, but it's not, I mean, obviously it hasn't been enough. So how, did they fix anything in free agency or are they just kind of leaving it? I mean, in, in free agency, they, it looks like they signed a, like three big offensive linemen. Mm-hmm. Um, and they signed Joe Flacco. Why are we forgetting that? <laughs> what did you say to me? Let's, elite Joe Flacco. Let's bring it to the let's table. Is Joe, Joe Flacco, Flacco elite? elite? Obviously, he's won a Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the football blog, I, I got a lot of this information from uh, Gang Green Nation on SB Nation. Uh, they had a whole fuck, break, they, fuck fuck the Jets. <laughs> fuck the Jets. They had a whole like breakdown of like we brought Joe Flacco on. Let's let's look at how he did last year. And it was the <laughs> most it was the most sad article I've ever read in yeah, my life. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So I spent a lot of time over on that blog. Yeah. Just just observing. <laughs> it's uh. It's a sad place. It is. It's it's a sad place. It's like the island of misfit toys. They also lost Ryan Khalil, which was their maybe their best offensive lineman. Big I, big I mean, big deal. So. Sign Joe Flacco. You sign, I think his name is Pierre Desir. I think he's a cornerback maybe to, right. to fill the hole left by Tremaine Johnson. Yeah, because Tremaine Johnson was terrible. Yeah, uh, not a big hole. Uh, and then Brashad Perryman, who I think is a wide receiver. Yes, he is a wide receiver. Um, he, he at times I have, he's can look like a number one receiver, um, but he's never had more than 36 receptions in a season. Yeah, it's not. I mean, he's been a number three. Let's be honest. So maybe, maybe he could maybe be a they, little better. They so. also signed a center, uh, Connor McGovern, which I yes. believe his license is actually McLovin, and <laughs> he lives in Hawaii. So right, and that's what yeah, Connor McGovern, George Fant, and Greg Greg Van Rotten. Oh, that's uh, a hell of a name. Yeah, uh, those are the uh, big offensive line signings and free agency. And uh, in the draft, like Brian kind of was hitting on, um, their first round pick, they took a guy named Mackay Becton, who is. A mountain of a man. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you play offensive line in the NFL, you're going to be a big guy, and this guy is bigger than those Exactly. Guys. They picked a wide receiver in the second uh, second round who was projected to be in the first round, um, as well as uh, another uh, 
running back, uh, LaMichael Perrin. Um, but yeah, so other than that, I mean, they didn't take a lot of like risk type of moves, you know, especially in the draft. Again, they're self-aware. They know what they need but to they fix. But they, they knew exactly what they needed. So yeah. over under, I think they're going to be, what is it, six and seven and something? Seven and nine? Seven and nine. They're going to be the same. Yeah, I think I, they top out at seven. Again. I was going to yeah. say, if not eight, worse. Eight and eight like, is their ceiling, in my opinion. Yeah, but like, I would be not same. be surprised if these guys are seven and nine or worse. So totally. My, my hot take. Hold on. Because. Oh, God. They're so of, hot. They're str- I know you're hot. I can tell. Because their strength of schedule this year is second hardest. Yeah. You're coming in with a new offensive line, basically. Um, a little bit more help for Sam Darnold. A little bit. The defense, again, you're, you're taking a lot of big risks like in the cornerback, with cornerbacks, with uh, edge rushers and defensive line. But it's like how truly be- like, are they going to be? Are, this whole team, you could say, are they going to be better or what's going to happen? Yeah. Um, because their strength of schedule, man, like you look at who they're playing and it's it's a doozy let me tell you let's well, wait till this loads i mean oh, we God. know they play the the dolphins twice they play the patriots twice and, and again play they're the playing they're playing the 49ers they yeah. play the colts they play the afc west because the yeah. east plays us um you're also looking at oh gosh yeah they play the, the dolphins s- twice in a row they, they, look mm-hmm. at that they have a bye. Is oh, that yeah. a bye oh it's they yeah. play it before the bye and the after bye good and god boy is that going to be fun that'll be a fun 3 weeks and then in the season against the patriots oh man um so yeah, I mean, yeah, we're, they're capping out at eight and eight. They're capping it, yep. out at average. Yep. Uh, I think so. My hot take, if we're ready for that, oh, I'm ready. I'm ready and waiting. I think Sam Darnold is going to be announced as the new starting quarterback twice this year. So he's going to start the season. Interesting. He's going to get benched because he still isn't mm-hmm. producing for because you know you give him a, a new line and new targets and he still isn't producing. Right. You put Flacco in and then you remember it's Joe Flacco. And then you have to take him back out. So they're going to yeah. put Darnold back in. Interesting. So he's going to be the starting quarterback twice. And I think they're going to fire their coach at the end of the game. <laughs> yes. Adam Gase? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck Adam Gase. Oh, my <laughs> God. Don't get me. I think Ty, Ty, Ty is very familiar with Adam Gase. <laughs> <laughs> Just blew out everyone's headphones. That's I'm okay. sorry. That's why I turned mine down because uh, my sensitive ears. Uh, my hot take is I think Sam Darnold's going to get mono again. <laughs> Kissing too much. <laughs> Out there kissing ghosts. He loves to kiss. I would not. My hot take is I would not be surprised if the, the Jets are going to be the bottom of the AFC East. Yeah. That's my that's my yes. take. That's I think a hot take? It's, it's happening. I think the I Dol- that's just a take. The Dolphins are going to take over. They're going to jump the Jets. Mm. So that's mm-hmm. what I think. You got a hot take on the Jets besides fuck Adam Gaze? Uh, fuck, the, fuck the Jets? Well, okay. The Jets are just... They're such a bad rivalry to have because they're a terrible team. And you know, being their rival, they are going to target you and really come into those games (laughs) just ready to fuck your world up. And so I don't know how many heartbreakers I've seen the Dolphins lose against the Jets. Uh, But, I mean, they were the most hateable team in the AFC. It still are, but we're the most hateable team for a long time because of fucking Rex Ryan. And it is... Weird, good old Rex Ryan. Weird foot fetish, and I'm not going <laughs> to shame anybody for liking what they like. But we don't need a coach, an NFL coach, to post videos of uh, right. his wife's feet. That's a weird thing it's to do. Ba- he does guy. that. He does that. Yeah. What? He also has a tattoo of Mark Sanchez. Yes. His, yeah. What? No, he doesn't have a tattoo of Mark. Sa- he has a tattoo of his wife wearing Mark Sanchez's right. jersey. <laughs> it's not a Mark with Sanchez her feet tattoo in full display. <laughs> what? 
This is real. This is all real. We'll have to show you. Is this a Quentin Tarantino podcast? What happened? Uh, But I, the Jets are awful and have made me just furious, even more mad than the Patriots, because you expect the Patriots to beat you. You expect the Bills to even surprise you, but you never think the Jets are going to do it against you. The Jets are going to be the ones. They love to just love to do that to the Dolphins. <laughs> Speaking of the Dolphins, that brings us to it. Oh, oh, buddy. So let's, speed, let's speed through our section. Right. Y- yep. Yield the floor. Because we got a, we got an expert in the building. So. I'm going to just, I'm going to take a run to the bathroom. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, we get all nerd stuff. So the Dolphins went 5-11 and 11 last year. They missed the playoffs. Yep. But they, like we talked about, they, they got us to the number two seed. So, yes, so they beat the <laughs> they beat the Patriots. They did. And they allowed us to get the second seed. Uh, interesting things about the Dolphins before we get into the nerd stuff is they have a, a league high $93 million in cap space. That's a lot. That's an insane amount. They're ready amount. to make some moves if they need to. Um, so they're Brian, op- go ahead. Nope. Nope. Their nope. Offensive, DVO, offensive DVOA was 27th. They were the worst rushing league in the, in the in, uh, worst rushing team in the league. I couldn't name their running back. Uh, yeah, I know. So <laughs> they were also the worst defense in the league DVOA wise. So basically, you played the Dolphins much like we saw with the uh, Baltimore Ravens in Week One, where Lamar Jackson threw five touchdowns like like it was nothing. Um, this team was terrible. Uh, they were worst in sacks. They had the lowest number of sacks in the league, and they were also 16th in interceptions. So uh, weirdly, weirdly enough, with the Patriots, uh, the Bills, and the Jets being like in the twenty, like low or high twenties for strength schedule, the Dolphins were eighteenth in strength of schedule for two thousand nineteen. So kind so of middle, a of the little road. little tougher bit of a schedule than the rest of the AFC East. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So, uh, gosh, this team. So they had Ryan Fitzpatrick, who's famous for Fitz magic. Fitz magic. Uh, he baby. showed it. He showed it against the Patriots, like we talked about. Right. He's still on the team. Um. But definitely, biggest need is they need the guy. They need the quarterback. Right. Um, which I, I would assume they would address in the draft. We'll get um, you there. Think. You would yeah, think. Yeah, we might address that in the draft. Right. So the Taco Charlton, who is now a he's now a chief, um, he led the team in sacks with five. Yeah, they, they didn't have a lot of defensive they line presence. Defensive line edge rushers very badly. My guy. <laughs> you I'm sitting here looking at the screen and just a old blast from the past hit me. I was <laughs> struck with just Heartwarming nostalgia. Right. They did sign Emmanuel Ogba from the Chiefs. Yes, from the Chiefs, who which is, did I, a lot for us. I think that's a big signing. Uh, offensive line, they traded away Laramie Tunsil to the Texans, I believe, um, and also uh, had a ton of draft picks, right? Yeah. Yes. One, two, three, four, <laughs> five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Right. Three of which were in the first round. That's how that's you right. rebuild. That is three how you rebuild. Three first round picks, which is insane. Um, so in free agency, they went nuts. They signed guys like Byron Jones from the Cowboys, Kyle Van Noy and Shaq Lawson. They also signed Jordan Howard and Matt Breida to kind of fix right, that running game. Which is that was great. So I'm, I'm pumped. Those three, those three stars, uh, Jones, Van Noy, and Lawson, are immediately going to make this defense better. Yeah. Um, so again, oh yeah, 14 draft picks. And again, so they and they lost. They did lose uh, Evan Boehm and Daniel Kilgore, which right. were, I believe, a starting center and a backup center. Yes. If I'm not wrong. Basically, the, I think their big goal this offseason was to offload as much cash as possible, mm-hmm. knowing that they needed a lot of free agency help, things like that. They did sign a couple of offensive line guys in free agency. 
Um, but again, I mean, that's not going to be the guys on offense on the offensive line. They also lost to keep to leave, which doesn't matter because which, he's old yeah. and bad and I, trash. Yeah. Right. So, so the draft, let's let our expert talk about the draft. <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> to really paint the picture for how this draft felt to me, we have to go back a ways. We have to get into just my relationship with the Miami Dolphins. Let's do it, man. This Take is your on a ride. Your, I love oh, it. Yeah. So my dad, uh, Kansas boy, like grew up in the Midwest. Like he never lived mm-hmm. in Florida, but he, he fucking, he loved Don Shula. Oh, he, <laughs> he hopped onto the Dolphins when Shula was the coach oh, yeah. and it just became a Dolphins fan there on out. He was also a Royals fan. So very similar setup. Uh, dad and I both Royals and Dolphins fans. Uh, he also completely abdicated any fandom for the Royals <laughs> when they won the World Series and then sold off all of their team. Yeah, he basically. said, "I will never support that team again." <laughs> uh, but and you know, I know how that feels. Yeah. I get it, Dad. Um, so he was he picked up Dolphins fandom in the Shula era, and then. I was raised like right on the end of the tail end of Marino. Um, so my dad was a big Marino fan and um, uh, famous for Ace Ventura. Exactly. <laughs> Ace Ventura was one of my favorite movies as a kid. 100%. Yeah. I wanted to be a pet detective because the dolphins were in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it, it ruled like being a, being a little kid in Florida when Ace Ventura came out, when the Dolphins still had Marino, right. was incredible. I didn't, I didn't appreciate what that was mm-hmm. until now, and then I decided. So for a while, I was, I was a real artsy kid, artsy fartsy. I was like, I'm not super into sports, so sure. I didn't follow football for a while. That's how you rebelled against exactly. your dad. Yeah, <laughs> not even that. Just like, man, I don't have the attention span for this. Yeah. That was the biggest thing. And then I discovered alcohol. Oh, And then yeah. I could start drinking while watching these games, and it was way better. Um, but anyway... You were still like 12 at the yeah, time. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. It, you raise them early in a dolphin's home. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's true. Just drinking Mad Dog 2020 <laughs> with, my, with my Apple Jacks. Yeah. Uh, but... So in college, I picked back up on the Dolphins, and that was I, I shouldn't say I totally abdicated the Dolphins during that time. I just didn't follow football. Mm-hmm. I loved Ricky Williams. Ricky Williams is one of my favorite players to ever play the game. Oh, yeah, for Very sure. Good. And I, I believe if Ricky Williams had had a supportive team around him, uh, such as Marshawn Lynch or any other... So Pete Carroll's a really great example of a coach that advocates for his players, and at least, I mean, recently he's made some not great... Statements, but um, well, he doesn't in regard believe to 11. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> in regard to your players' well-being and players who might potentially be using marijuana on their off time, Pete Carroll has been a huge advocate for those guys, and I be- I firmly believe if Ricky Williams not even had Pete Carroll, but had a similar coach who advocated yeah. to him for him. Or if he had been in the league today with the attitude the league has, yep. Ricky Williams would be an all-time Marshawn Lynch level uh, running back. Hundred percent. And so seeing seeing Ricky's career decline was also just an incredibly depressing thing. And then I picked back up on the Dolphins in college when we had Cam Wake. Uh, <laughs> we we picked up Jarvis Landry. We had um, Hartline and uh, Hartline's wife. 
which <laughs> she's a whole thing. Um, but the biggest thing that defines my Miami Dolphins fandom is one seven-year experiment. <laughs> Can we find a franchise quarterback <laughs> in Ryan Tannehill? Ah, that oh, took seven boy. years. Yeah. They I, rode that train for a while. I bought know. into it after mm-hmm. a few years because I'm like, all right, he's not going anywhere. It's almost like Stockholm Syndrome. Yeah. It was Stockholm yeah. Syndrome. He, <laughs> he had a couple of good games. I was like, all right, I'm I'm on board right, for the Tanny right. train now. He flashed. That was his thing, man. Yeah. He flashed, and you're like, well, maybe. 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 He could play then, play action really well. Then finally, we dumped Ryan Tannehill, and that tough breakup, man. Tough breakup, but that was the beginning of a new era for the Dolphins. We were still dog shit. We were horrible, right. and I mean, we were bad with Tannehill, but we were even worse without Tannehill. And we picked up Fitzpatrick and started. You know, he was doing some Fitzpatrick things, but the. I didn't think we were even going to succeed with the tank last year. We yeah. almost fucked up there is, the tank. There's times of you, all I was things. like, well, I don't know what the Dolphins are trying to do here. Like, <laughs> and then against all odds, Bengals went below us, took Joe Burrow, and we still ended up getting Tua because he dropped with that injury, which I think the injury right. is not, and we'll talk about that, I'm sure, not as big of a factor as people are going to make it out to be. Uh, but this is the most hopeful. And this is why you needed the whole backstory. This is the most hopeful <laughs> I have ever felt about the Miami Dolphins in my entire life. I, I would argue because the Chiefs were much the same way without having a franchise quarterback for you so You remember long. Elvis Gerbach? <laughs> <laughs> I do. Or Matt Castle? Rich Gannon? Oh, Jesus Christ. So it was kind of the same way. Whereas like for so long, the Chiefs didn't have that guy. And yeah. then whenever the time comes, whenever the Chiefs traded up and got Patrick Mahomes, I was like, it's a change. So like, it, it's changing and something yes. is happening. With Tua Gazuntite. <laughs> how, how do you pronounce his last name? Tungavaloa. T- Tua Tungavaloa. Nice, you nailed it. He basically shattered his hip, right? He so what happened was it, that's one of his It wasn't great. His last injury was he it dislocated and fractured the posterior wall of his hip labrum basically. If you fracture anything in your body with the name wall in it, it's probably not good. So his his injury was pretty was pretty bad. And uh, but you watch a lot of his ta- his his college tape is he's one of the one of the best quarterbacks so to good. come out of yeah. the draft. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's basically him, Joe Burrow for the top two, depending on like people's opinions on Joe Burrow, which we talked about last I, time. I do believe Joe Joe Burrow is probably a better quarterback yes. and a more consistent quarterback. Tua has an unbelievable level of potential. There is yes. so much talent, and for him to do what he did under multiple offensive coordinators yeah. at yeah. Alabama. Right. That's the biggest thing. People write it off. He's like, oh, he's a QB at Bama. He played under Saban. Of course he's going to look very good. Yeah, but... That's what you have to pay attention yeah. to is the... He went through three, I believe, offensive coordinators mm-hmm. while he was at um, at Bama, and he went through... He worked with all of them incredibly consistently and had right. just an insane he level still put, of He still put up great numbers. He still won. He still looked really good. And to, to have that kind of injury and only fall, quote-unquote, to yep. five yeah. is, is shows nuts. how important and how right. good he can be. I think what a lot of people don't realize about the injury, and we could get into a whole thing about the bias towards white quarterbacks, things like that. What? <laughs> but um, so Herbert that went to the Chargers – Justin? Yes. Yeah. A lot of people were really pushing for Justin Herbert 
Like, my dad was one of these people. He wanted Dolphins to pick up Herbert, and I was like, no, like, they're... Tua has his injury history, but a lot of people don't realize Herbert has the same extensive level of injuries that Tua has also gotten. Mm -hmm. So you're rolling the dice on either one, so why not take the more talented guy? Yeah, Yeah. it's just because it's not in people's minds. Tua's happened last year, so... Mm -hmm. And and like we've talked about, to be injury-prone in the NFL, which is a violent sport anyway, is crazy you know it's yeah, insane yeah like sure uh most of two his injuries have come like both of his ankles his hip things like that um my only concern about two is that uh one his injury was pretty damn severe it was and then you you watched that he had like a pro day like his pro day tape uh, like 30 minute passing throwing mm-hmm. running stuff like that by the end of it he was getting kind of limpy like limpy you know yeah, like maybe. a little bit like um, sure probably hurts you know? yeah I, would and that, I believe that was a right at the same time that they cleared him. Yes. I, they had just basically yeah. said you could start to pr- really participate and step it up. So Plus he's going to be injected with all kinds of steroids <laughs> on game day. So like, great, yeah. it won't matter. This, so this is Miami. Yeah. yeah so yeah. we're, so, we're so throwing yeah. just straight up. You've seen pain and gain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, but, but no, but Tua, I think he could truly be the Dolphins first franchise quarterback since Dan Marino. Mm-hmm. He, I mean, this first year will tell a lot. Yeah, it, like if he you plays, if he doesn't, a, what's going to happen? You can build yeah. a franchise around this. So thing. they took their next two big picks were offensive line, so that definitely helping out mm-hmm. Tua a lot. Um, uh, they didn't draft any running backs, but like you said, they got Matt Breida. And Jordan Howard. Yes. So they so, have a two-headed monster, kind of. Uh, they both had success in the NFL, at least. And really, their draft, man, it was just all about filling, filling yeah. holes, man. Yep. As just, soon as we got a new QB, we jumped on... We jumped on the line. We jumped on D end, which mm-hmm. I I don't think that's the route we should have gone. Sure, uh, but you know, I think a lot of people. I meant to say this. Cam Wake is probably my favorite Dolphins Cam- player. Yeah, Cam ever. Wake was great. Yeah, he is the most electric talent the Dolphins mm-hmm. have had on the defensive side, and just he had so much personality. He brought the team to life. Right, and just the Cam Wake era is when it was some of the most fun. To be a Dolphins fan because he would be beheading people <laughs> just across the line. He would yeah. be through there. Yeah. And that I think they're really holding on to what that feeling was. And that's why we went for a D end in right. the draft. I don't think we needed it. I think we should have really fortified uh, on our offensive line. But, you know, it. I get why they did it. From a franchise point, having a star on both sides of the ball is always a good thing mm-hmm. instead of just right. two stars on one side. So this year, they have the third hardest strength of schedule in the league. So much tougher schedule. Um, they play open up the season with the Patriots, which I think is going to be fascinating. Uh, they play all of the the West, so Seahawks, 49ers. Uh, I'm sorry, all of all of. AFC West, uh, the Broncos, they play the Chargers. Yeah. And then us, yeah. Duh, which I think December is December 13th, baby. Yeah, which I think is going to be a fun game. Um, if we can leave the country, I'll be on my honeymoon. But if we can't, you're going to be <laughs> in yeah, Kansas here. City, baby. Uh, so, yeah, so they have a much tougher schedule. And they went 5 and 11 last five year. 5 11, so over under. Over. I think definitely they're going to win more than five games. I, I'll put them, well, I kind of, I, I agree with Ty. This isn't their year, not yet. No. Nope. But I think they're going to make an an average push. I think they're going to be pushing seven and nine, eight and eight, somewhere in there. So I think, I think the AFC East is going to be kind of a middle of the road 
I don't yeah. think there's going to be like a ter- if there's going to no. be a terrible terrible team it's going to be the Jets. Right. If there's going to be like a two or three win team it's the Jets. Everybody else is going to be around 8 and 8, or 10 and team. 6. That's I'm I'm kind of looking at these guys being 500 or less. Yeah. yeah. Realistically, so. I don't think we see the Super Bowl champ come out of the AFC East this year. Right. Uh, Homerism. I absolutely think the Dolphins are going to win it, and for the next six years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but the, uh, I think Tua starts in Week Eight. I think a lot of people. Yeah. So there are a lot of people saying we have him. Let's start him. You Those still have people fits, are, right? Yeah, we still have Patrick, Fitzpatrick's still there. Yeah. I think a lot of people are very dumb for saying to just go ahead and jump in with Tua right now. I think we start Fitz for the season. Mm-hmm. I think Week Eight we start to work in Tua. And then next year, next season, he becomes QB1 for us, and that's when we really focus in on that playoff push. Right. Much like Mahomes with his first season exactly. and Alex Smith. Uh, that was actually going to be my hot take. I don't think Tua is going to start this year. I, I would agree with that. Yeah. Uh, unless something, unless an injury happens or they just go like 0-7 somehow. I don't think he starts. I yeah. think they just want him to see the field because not only for him getting out there and doing that, is that can be good for him. I think for the fans, seeing Tua come out and start a game is going to be it's huge be electric, for yeah. the fans. You're, I guess, yeah, I, I'll say Tua won't start a game that matters. Yeah. By the time yes. he starts, their season is going to either be over I was going to say, so, yeah, the Dolphins buy is week 11. I could see them putting, because then you play the Jets right after the bye. I think, actually, that game against the Jets might determine what happens the rest of the season. Because if they either blow out the Jets or they get blown out by the Jets, things are going to change. Right. So I, I I mean I I would agree I'm hot take wise I mean I don't think we'll see Tua start this year mm-hmm. I would be surprised if Tua plays at all depending on what's happening especially development wise because again you're still watching his hip for lack of better like mm-hmm. injury part of him things like that his it, hip wall his hip wall yeah so you're watch, still watching his whole hip wall. and things like that so I, I would be surprised I think they give him a whole year to kind of like let's get you healthy healthy let's get you used to the game let's get you used to all this stuff before we start. Um, uh, Game one of 2021. Mm-hmm. Got to crawl yeah. before you can run. You know I what I'm saying? So, so I, I think I think that that's what's going to happen with the Dolphins. Yeah. I um. Fuck! I had something. Dolphins really. Fuck the Dolph- Jets. It was uh, fuck the Jets, man. Uh, oh no, I do remember now, and this is why I'm okay if we don't do if we don't start Tua this year because I just have it in my head. I had an idea, mm-hmm. and it's just wormed its way in there, and I won't be happy unless it happens. I want Tua's first start. I want him to take the field with a haka and just fucking <laughs> that Hard Rock Stadium, Pro Player Stadium, Joe Robbie Stadium. Just <laughs> fuck calling it Hard Rock Stadium. Uh, th- that would explode. It would be electric. I would if, get pumped if yeah, he also awesome. do a haka. Tua comes out onto the field for his first start as a Dolphin right. with a haka, like. Oh, man. Let's go. <laughs> and now I won't be happy unless I get to see that happen. It's true. Well, true. you got high expectations. Yeah, exactly. True. But just watch rugby. You'll see him there. <laughs> yeah. All right, I think we're going to take a little break before take we go break. to NFC East. We got to thank Ty for joining Definitely us. For Glad to be I'm here. so happy. Thank you so much for showing yeah, up for this. This is yeah. fun as hell. Yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, we'll see you for another hour of rambling here in a couple seconds. Definitely. Hey, Brian. Do you remember what happened in February? Oh, yeah. You and Molly got engaged. What? No, that was literally a year ago, last May. Dude, did you make shirts to commemorate what happened? Oh, yes. The shirts I made for that event that I remember. You know, the Chiefs won the Super Bowl. Oh, yes. You mean the red and yellow shirts supporting Greenworks KC. (laughs) How could I forget? 
Okay, are we done with this bit? We definitely are. Use promo code DEBATE10 at HopeClothingKC.com for any purchase, including the red and yellow limited run Super Bowl t-shirts. All purchases benefit local Kansas City charities Rose Brooks and Greenworks KC. Again, that's HopeClothingKC.com, promo code DEBATE10. Go fuck yourself, Las Vegas. I get it, because we're back. We're back. This is... <laughs> oh, fuck. Oh, 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 we're back. Yeah, I'm with it now. Yeah, yeah, we're back. Yes, yes, we're back. We are back with the NFC. Again, thank you to Ty. So much. Thank you so much, man. He's got uh, a lot of thoughts on Dolphins, all relevant. And and for him to be so involved with the AFC East was phenomenal. He's like us at the West. Yeah, bro. It's weird to meet, to know, to meet or know someone who is as passionate right. about... Because uh, there's a lot of people who are like, yeah, I know everything about the Boston Red Sox, but I don't know shit about their division. Right. So he... Know, like, you know, he's For said, someone to actually know yeah. is it, phenomenal. He spent time so. on the Jets blog at as customary right. as Fuck we the now Jets, know. Fuck the as Jets. As we know, yes. Uh, but yeah, now we're in the NFC. Yes. We did a flip-flop from last week. NFC second. No. Last month. Nope. All right. We, we did the same. Did we do AFC mm-hmm. first? Yep. Are we sure? I'm po- positive. Oh, well, <laughs> I'll edit that out. <laughs> oh, no, it's been a long time. Oh, well. but It's been a long time. So, yes. So, now we're at the NFC East. Um, do you know a lot about this division? Because your dad. I do. My dad's a huge Cowboys fan. I was raised a Cowboys fan. I was raised with... Um, now you're reformed. Goddamn Jerry Jones. Who, or Jerry... Who's still being a problem, by sucks. the way. Fucking sucks. We'll get to it. So the top of the NFC East is the Philadelphia Eagles. They went nine and seven. They lost in the wild card round. Which, by the way, let's recognize real quick that the top of the <laughs> NFC East is, was nine and seven. We'll get to that in a second. Why they were, but again, they lost in the wild card round. It was a crazy thing where Carson Wentz went out with a head injury. Yep. And then Josh McCown came in and who tore, tore his hamstring from the bone oh, and yeah. still played the game. Oh yeah. And they lost. It was bad. It was so bad. I felt so bad for him. That does suck. Um, but they, this is a team that was riddled by injuries. I mean, you look at you. You wonder why 2019 was so. Why they were nine and seven. Why they lost the wild card round is because their injuries were so bad. Absolutely. Um, so yeah. So basically, they went 14th in offensive DVOA, which is pretty damn good. They were 12th in defensive DV, DVOA, which is really pretty damn good too. They were a really good team, but just, again, just ruined by injuries. Yeah. So many injuries on both sides of the ball. And that'll just happen sometimes. It, it does, man. Um, they were 14th in sacks. They were 23rd in interceptions, which is not good. Um, because of where they were in the NFC, uh, they were 26th strength of schedule. Um, this is a team you watch, and, and again, it's one of those things like, I hate to comp them to like something like the Chargers where... There's so much talent. You have Carson Wentz. You have Deshaun Jackson. You have all these guys. Zach Ertz, you know. Generational talent, Zach Ertz. I had this article I brought up. Basically talked about how, um, uh, basically, their injury report before they went into the wild card round was like 20 players. Yeah. It was something insane. I felt so bad for him. Six players who were out. Um. Uh. At, at, uh. At their wild card game, were Sean Jackson, Jackson, Malik Jack, Jackson, uh, Brooks Aguilar, Jeffrey uh, Darby, who were all Week One starters. Yeah. All these dudes who like were instrumental for this team were out of the wild card. I was round. gonna say. So you you got Tyree Kill, you got 
Travis Kelsey. Imagine those guys. If we went into that game with the Texans, yeah. we're just out of the game. Yeah. Frank Clark is gone. Yeah. You have Travis Kelsey gone. Tyree Kill gone. Like, and then Patrick Mahomes gets injured and is out of the game in, in like the third quarter. Like insane. And then Matt Moore tears his hamstring off the bone and still finishes the game. Correct. That's what we're talking about. So again, you look at this thing. I had this interesting stat right here, which is which is uh, Carson Wentz um, started start off the season a little slow. In weeks 1 through 13, he averaged 236 yards a game, 20 t- touchdowns, 7 interceptions, and a 90 pass rating, which is, you know, fine. In weeks 14 through 17, 299 yards a game, 7 touchdowns, no interceptions, 100.8 pass rating. So what... Is there something that changed? Uh, I, I, that's a good question. I don't know. I think uh, they talk about how they came off uh, a big loss against the, uh, against the uh, uh, Dolphins, and then something happened, and they went. So it was just him. We're like Carson Wentz went upgrading. I realize everyone is hurt. I have no help. He I have to do this. Yeah, thing. yeah. A Pokemon evolved. <laughs> Correct. Um, so yeah. So big needs. I mean. Deshaun Jackson was gone uh, or is injured or gone. Alshon Jeffrey's gone. Nelson Aguilar is gone. Aguilar was a free agent at the start of the free agency. I don't know if he's still with the team or not. uh, He's not, he has not signed with the team. So basically he's still a free agent. So, but again, you, you got these three guys who were, were good, but not enough to like keep them around. We need more help at wide receiver and other things like that. Um, Marquise Goodwin. That's who they went with. Exactly. Sign for wide receiver. Which, but we'll get to the draft. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Again, in cornerback, they had they need a lot of secondary help. By week nine, they had played twenty three games in a row with at least one starter of the secondary missing. God damn. That's how devastated this team was by injuries and still went nine and seven and won the AFC East. Yeah. And they lost Ronald Darby. They lost Ron- Malcolm Jenkins. Exactly. Jalen Mills, I think, was becoming a free agent. I don't know if he's still with them or not. But but again, this is a team like so many pieces in their defense who were hurt or not non-existent are leaving the team. And we'll say again, at the time of this recording, this is you, you may be here, yes. uh, seeing people resign or something. Doubtful because of when we're recording. And again, this, that's that's one of those things that's like we we hope to kind of pick that stuff up. But yeah, it's one of those things that we talk about and then we forget the day of recording. Yeah, so. yeah. yeah. Um, they did sign Darius Slay from the they, Lions. They did. That was a who, big. That's a big. Th- that's a, he's a big name. I don't know that his name matches his talent on the field. Yeah, I, th- I think we it, talked about this when he was a free when agent. When he was with the we Lions, the and things together. like that. We we were very curious what would happen to Darius Slay. Um, I think as Darius Slay gets a little older, he's not as good at, at playing the ball, things like that. Um, linebacker, they need a lot of um, help. Um, two guys they got rid of or were free agents at least. Uh, combined for 18 starts and had 84 tackles, which is huge. Um, one of their linebackers led um, the team with 52 tackles. Um, but uh, but again, he's like one guy that they need more and more help. Yeah. Um, they also lost Jason Peters. Yeah, which is crazy. Huge, huge offensive line name. Yeah, right. Uh, so I would say they lost way bigger than they gained in free agency. Right. It, it was It was crazy because, again, like – it's one of those things like they were very hurt all year long. So yeah. to look at their entire team and go like, this was the guy you need. This was the guy you need. It, it, it's kind of, we, we can't really say that. I guess you could, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but again, it's, it's, this team needs to upgrade on speed. 
Um, that's that's one thing I found in everything I researched and everything I look. Carson Wentz is still he's a phenomenal quarterback. You give him pieces and speed and things like that. Um, this is a team that can succeed. They they absolutely can. Um, last year I don't, I don't know if I said it or not, but um, yeah, they're twenty six and twenty six and drink the drink the schedule. Yeah. Um. So again, and they're set to be twenty fifth in twenty twenty. Right. And so so still pretty easy. So, but if they stay healthy, that's the biggest thing. And I think most Eagles fans. I mean, they won the Super right. Bowl. Uh, recently, within yeah, the last five years, so yeah, uh-huh. they know how to win. It's all, I mean, same quarterback, sort of, right? Big Dick Nick came in and, and filled the gap whenever they needed him most. But, but, and that's that's something we highlighted way earlier when we were talking about quarterbacks and how they fit into systems and things like yeah. that. Um, Nick Foles is a, is a good quarterback, and I think the reason I was re- I was reading and watching stuff about basically. Like, why did he succeed so well and, and won a Super Bowl with that team? Because yeah. Carson Wentz got hurt in the in the uh, playoffs, essentially, and they went with uh, Big Dick Nick through into the Super Bowl and won the Super Bowl. Yes, and you look at one, their defense was defense was great, fucking great. Yep, they had enough pieces on the offensive side, uh, great offensive line. To give great, him enough options. They gave him enough yeah. options, basically, to just say run like run this offense and you'll succeed. You'll and be fine. Serviceable. I mean, I'll I'll say I'll I'll go on a limb and say he's good again, right. relative to the talent we see in the NFL. Obviously, Correct. I could never do what Nick Foles can. Correct. No, not not a chance. So, but so basically, yeah, like we talked about, they need wide receiver help, they need offensive line help, and they need defensive help. Um, first pick of the draft, they target a wide receiver. Yep. Um, and uh, let's see, Jalen Rieger. Jalen Jalen Rieger. They traded for receiver Marquis Goodwin. Um, like you talked about earlier and then yeah pick yeah round two yeah and yeah. then let's okay. go so because we talked about this with Aaron Rodgers yes and then Carson Wentz's contract he's on he's contracted through basically 2002 2003 because Nick Foles is with the Jaguars Nick, Nick Foles is gone he is moved on they picked in the second round uh, Jalen Hurts, the Alabama o- Oklahoma quarterback, who's a big name quarterback. Who is a big name quarterback? If quarterback wasn't so uh, filled in the NFL right now, he would have gone in the first round. Which is insane to me. Like, I, I fully expected Jalen Hurts uh, to go somewhere totally like else. You know, a, a Chargers or Chargers like, Patriots, yeah. like a team that needed a quarterback. Not the fucking Eagles. Who have Carson Wentz, who's young. Who's young. Very good. Who can win games took with... a team like, to the playoffs twice. Like, right? On or three times. A, a few... Two, I think at least two times. More yeah. than once. That's enough for a young quarterback, right? But, like, the, I guess the only positive thing I can say about someone like Jalen Hurts is, like, he can kind of do a little bit of everything. He's like Taysom Hill. Imagine Taysom, oh, Hill, Taysom Hill, yeah. which we'll get to it later on when we talk about the South. Yep. Like... This Jalen Hurts, I, I would predict the only reason they picked Jalen Hurts is to use him like Taysom Hill. To yeah. use him like a quarterback, use him in like as a receiver. Like and they're he's, famous for the Philly special exactly. and shit like that. Jalen Hurts is so athletic that that's the only reason I can think of why they picked him. Or if we can get to hot takes later on, yeah, we'll get something's going to happen. We'll get there. But I, 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 I don't, I, this pick. I, when this happened, it blew everyone. It mind. blew my mind. I I don't understand it. I don't, I don't know Philly why. Was happy. None of Philly like 
of all the things you need, why would you pick a big name quarterback like Jalen Hurts? Can you imagine, by the way, in three years, if the Chiefs drafted a quarterback yep. with second? I mean, not saying that Carson Wentz is right. anywhere close to Patrick Mahomes, but exactly. And but but Carson Wentz is a great quarterback. He's he's, he's great. I would consider him a top ten quarterback in this absolutely. League. And maybe later on, whenever we get around to power rank and stuff like that, maybe we can talk about power ranking quarterbacks, power ranking teams. I would love that. That'd be great. Um, but but again. They didn't really target any main offensive linemen until like later on in the fourth and seventh round, which those guys are more depth guys or not going to be starter guys, which you need yeah, right unless now. Unless you get them in the first round, probably not going to start. Right. And then one of like the linebacker they pick is a big project pick. So, so again, like we talked nine about nine and seven, nine and seven uh, this year, their, their, their strength of schedule is 25th, which is still pretty still easy. Pretty easy. Yeah. Um, this team, I definitely think, is going over. Like, if you think they're running the, they're running the East. I think they're going to run the East. I mean, we'll talk about in a second the Cowboys. Yeah, and yeah. who did not deal with injuries and things like that. And still, yep. and despite all the injuries, the feel, the Eagles still went. Yeah, nine and seven. It's hard to think that they're going to go under that. I would say that they're. Their ceiling is twelve and four. I, I, that's I what think I, they'll I be closer thinking. to ten yeah. and six, eleven and five. Again, I think again, this is something that Brian and I talked about. We're gonna get into power ranking stuff later on, but this is a team that's like I think they are gonna win this division. Like they're gonna win the East. Um, but you look at their schedule and like they play the Bengals who are rebuilding, they play the 49ers who might I don't think it would be as good, Steelers who are still getting there, the Ravens, I think, is gonna be one of the toughest games they play. Um, Giants, the twice. Giants and stuff like that. I mean, it's like you look oh, at their yeah. schedule and it's like they're going to win at least 10 to 12 games. Yeah. There's there's not a chance this team, as talented as it is, and as much as they're like building up behind Carson Wentz, there's no way they they don't win more than 10 to 12 games. Yeah. Um, So now we're in hot takes. Hot hey, takes. You look steaming over there. I think they're going to trade Carson Wentz. What? I think, I think this what? is... This is another situation. That's the hottest take we've had I'm on this just saying, show bro, that's I'm, two episodes saying, old. This, <laughs> this is another situation where you, if you really break down Jalen Hurts, who's a really good college quarterback, he is probably like top five of the quarterbacks who were taken. Yeah. Why would they take Jalen Hurts so early, knowing they have Carson Wentz in the wings? Not even in the wings. Not in the wings. I'm sorry. He's your pilot. You have this guy leading the ship. If you don't really trust Carson Wentz and for lack of better wording, the injury history, things like that, and knowing that like, hey, just two, three years ago, we won a Super Bowl with, with another guy. Yeah. I Okay. Okay. And someone like Doug Peterson, the, the, the coach of the Eagles, former, the former, yeah. former Reed guy, could, I, I think could put together a, an offense that could do just about anything. But... Couldn't you also say that there's something? So the, okay, so they didn't. I mean, they lost a lot, but some of their guys are older. You're not wrong. Yeah, they filled a lot of. Maybe they had a draft plan, right? They filled a lot of holes in their draft. They had, they had a few picks, right? Could you say that there's a case to be made, no matter who Carson Wentz is, that they just drafted the best player available on their board? I, I think so, because this is a crazy... I'm glad you brought that up, because this, this is a crazy, insane stat. Carson Wentz 
is the first quarterback to throw for 4,000 yards without a single receiver hitting 500 yards. Wow. So he is good. We he know that. Top 10. Good. Wow. Great quarterback. I'd go top seven. I would go maybe close to top five. Wow. But, but with his injury history, I'd say it's more likely that they want to know that they could still win a Super Bowl if he went down in the playoffs. Exactly. I, I, I think, think so. that's what that pick boils down to. My uh, hot take, I don't know that I really have one for the Eagles because, again, I think if they stay healthy, right. okay, here's my hot take. If they stay healthy, it would have been Chiefs-Eagles in the Super Bowl. So if they stay right. healthy this year, they, I were, think, they were a dangerous team despite injuries. I think so. they're going to get to the conference championship. Oh, and yeah. I think that they have a better shot of making the Super Bowl than the than the uh, 49ers. Right. I don't want to give away next season what we think playoff wise. No. But I think definitely the Eagles are going to make it a, a pretty good ways. I'll, uh, yeah, I'll say that that they're. I'll put the. <sighs> All right. So that, this is my hot take. Ready for it? Let's do it. Because I know they're supposed to be a little controversial. And I'll probably back this up in the next two episodes. <laughs> but I think the Eagles are the NFC front one front runner for number one seed. I would I could I could see that. Stay could, if they stay healthy. Definitely see that. If if they're healthy, they can do it. Um they just God damn, this this year was the year they were there. It, were it like, feels like every year someone's hurt on that yeah. team. Someone big. So. It's bad. So uh, and yeah. then you get new uh trainers and stuff. Yeah. So that See, brings us to the Cowboys, who the finished just behind Dallas Cowboys, who finished eight and eight. Um, who is a team that don't have basically any cap space because of the moves they have made. And Jerry Jones is an idiot, fucking crazy. Uh, however, they were second in offensive DVOA, very very efficient. That's really good. Um, almost the best. Almost the best. Nineteenth defensive DVOA, which is very not good. Which is in the in well, the context of. Below 15 is actually not that great. But so, it's with paired with the second offense. Exactly. So so again, it, it's it's one of those things that like you can see why they're eight and eight. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah, this yeah. is the definition of like they're fifty and they're fifty like <laughs> yeah. percent. Uh they were nineteenth in sacks, which is not good. Thirtieth in interceptions, which is also not good. Especially when you're tied for fourteenth strength schedule. Exactly. It's kind of in, a tough schedule. In 2019, tight tight in fourteenth schedule, which is that's tough, man. Yeah, but they have the thirtieth. In 2020. Exactly. So, but but this year, you watch this team, and it's this whole thing where it's like, goddamn, their offense was expo- it was huge. Dak Prescott just threw the ball all over the place. He had so many play, like people to throw it to. Which he, he, he had Randall too many Cobb, and he had Amari Cooper, and he had Ezekiel like, Elliott back there in a, in a pretty good offensive line. And a 97-year-old Jason Witten, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's That's, got too many detractors. Yes. I said distractors earlier. I meant detractors. You meant detractors. Because he can sling it. He's good. I don't know why people say he's only a journeyman because he's very good. No, I, I would disagree with that. Whenever it comes to um, looking at all my quarterback study I did, Jack, Jack Prescott has to go to quarterback. I will say one of my biggest things against him is that like a lot of his... Um, Wins and stats and yards and throws came against teams that were good late in the game. Okay. So basically, Dak Prescott threw for 4,900 yards. Great. He had people like Amari Cooper who, who um, hit 1,100 yards. He had 
Gallup, who hit 1,100 yards. He had Randall Cobb, who uh, hit 828 yards. Oh, so almost 3,000 yard you receivers. Had three receivers who almost hit 3,000 yards. Yeah. And you still went eight and eight. I mean, that, that's the sign on your defense, though. That's, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I think, right? I think it's a mixture of, it's a defensive problem. Their defense was not good at all. But I also think it's like, it's a mixture of Jason Garrett, their old head coach, who was not a good game manager at all. No. And made a lot of boneheaded decisions that did not put them in good spots. Yep. Um, after the the Cowboys got Kellen Moore, who is their new, uh, not new, um, baby face. He not not their new offensive coordinator. But they switched offensive coordinators a while ago. Yeah. Um, their offensive offensive output increased like yeah. a crazy amount. Um, I still think that that Prescott, after four years in the league, and now he's coming up on a big contract signing, which I don't necessarily think he quote unquote deserves a giant contract that he wants. And that's again, that's rumors and things like that. I still think he makes really bad decisions when it comes to um, placing the ball and where to put the ball and like looking at coverage and going, this is where I'm going to go with the ball. He's not good at that. Um, and again, that that's why I think most of his numbers come from late in the game. Yeah. So again, tr- but they refer to them as garbage time. Exactly. And, and I hate, and it's, it sucks. Um, so, <laughs> so anyway, so, so before free agency, they need more wide receiver help. Like as much as we can, we can list off these numbers, but like Amari Cooper is arguably their best Absolutely. wide receiver. He's arguably. top five. He's a guy that once he got away from the Raiders and actually got into a good system, yeah. um, excelled. And you look at someone like Randall Cobb, who is also really great. Um, but money wise, I don't know if they can't keep everybody and it, it sucks. That's why they lost someone like Byron Jones. So you think this year, I mean, you have to go farther than you have. Been. You have to. I think you have to keep pushing. I think, hypothetically, it was like the old Chiefs thing where it was like, we have a great offense. We just need the defense just to show up as scarecrows and just do something. Yeah. We have to put as much talent in our offense as possible. Yeah. So just throw it up and let's go. Um, as well as their secondary, they they lost a lot of guys. Uh, uh, they lost Byron Jones, who's a huge uh, secondary guy. They lost Robert Quinn, which not secondary, but... Exactly. That, that's a huge one. Um, Jeff Heath, which was a big safety. Um, I'm pretty sure he left in free agency. Um, and again, in defensive tackle wise, like they had a really poor upfront uh, defensive tackle edge rush. Um, their linebackers are pretty good. You have guys like Leighton Van Esch and uh, Jalen Smith. Um, however, they need a lot of defensive help. And they did sign Gerald McCoy and Don Terry Poe. Exactly. Which, think, that's a lot of weight. Don in Terry Poe is a big, big, big man. <laughs> that's a lot of weight in up the middle. Front. McCoy, too. I mean, if you if you have those right. guys lined up at the same time, that's a lot of weight for those offensive linemen to fucking stop. Exactly. So so again, they, they signed Cooper to a giant deal. They put Prescott Dak Prescott on a uh, the franchise tag, which is like thirty plus million dollars this year or something like that. It's too many. Too many dollars. Which again, I for Dak Prescott, I think Dak Prescott is is a good quarterback. Yeah, but I, is he the guy who's going to take this team, put them on the back, and take them to Super Bowl? If you if you built for thirty their, plus million dollars, no. But if you built their defense, like like we've been talking about, we know defensive right. only wins. They don't build dynasties, right? right? Exactly. If you built a defense for Dak to play f- yep. behind, he could definitely take them to the Super Bowl. But he's not going to take that team to the Super no. Bowl on his shoulders. He is not going to put it on the put it on his shoulders and take them. I mean, he tried to. 
He fucking threw for almost 5,000 yards and still couldn't do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's not going to happen. So what did they do with their first-round pick? Well, hold on. So, okay. so they, al- they also signed Ha-Ha, oh. Ha-Ha Clinton Dix at Aha. safety. Yes. So a couple things like that. Um, did they? Uh, yeah. I didn't realize that. They also they, signed, they signed a, the safety, uh, yeah. Andy Dalton in case something happens to Dak Prescott. Which They'll is a whole thing that we're not going to get into. Oh Randall Cobb God. left, which is crazy. Um, but yeah, so in the draft, um, they basically had one of the best wide receivers just fall to them at number 17. And at that point, you have to take him. And that's what like I was kind of blown away that they, they picked CeeDee Lamb, uh, wide receiver, um, who is easily, I think, going to be... He's gonna be he's gonna be the wide receiver you hear about. He's gonna be Megatron. Okay. You hear about Calvin Johnson. Yeah. CD Lamb is gonna be that guy. Is he involved in your hot take? Maybe I don't know. Um, he's involved in my hot take. Interesting. Um, but no. But I think, I think yeah. Dallas had a lot of needs, but specifically, 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 uh, at this time, probably more in the secondary and more like. I know that that's kind of why stuff. it's strange, but again, it's and do I remember, you take the best player available. Yes. And or I remember take... we we were on FaceTime or whatever, like talking yeah. during the first day of the draft. And when the Cowboys and when Jerry Jones was on his yacht, just hanging out by himself, and they announced CD Lamb, and I was like, "That's a bizarre pick because that's not something they need right now." But, but now you easily, have Amari Cooper and CD Lamb. That's what I'm, that's basically it. Like you look at if this. Basically, you have your the way teams draft is if you have your board of this is the guy we're gonna take no matter what because we need him. Yeah, this is our list of guys like best. Available. If that's the best best available, yeah, and he happens to fall to us at seventeen because CD Lamb was probably a top ten talent, we're gonna take this guy. Yeah, and the fact that they took CD Lamb that's immediately gonna I believe gonna elevate the Cowboys to a better position offensively. Um. They also, their next four picks, they, they took uh, quarterbacks in the second round and in the fourth round. They took defensive tackles in the third round and uh, uh, upgraded a center because Travis Frederick, their longtime center, retired. So they took a new center. Um, and then it wasn't until like later on in the fifth round they added a, uh, an edge player, a defensive, a defensive edge player, a pass rusher. Um, despite all that, man, like if you break down their draft, I think the Cowboys had a really good draft. And... Th- w- they only had seven picks. They had they didn't have that many picks. Yeah, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Yeah, they didn't have that many picks. Yeah, and knowing that you have some pretty good pieces, but knowing you have to go against something like the Eagles, you have to probably kind of pick up and get someone like CD Lamb. I think that's essentially why they did it. Yeah. Um. So are they going to win more than eight games this year? This is what man. This is what I I. Okay, so their second round pick. Trayvon Diggs, yes, who I think is a brother. I think he's a younger brother, brother or Stephon, cousin Stephon. of Stephon Diggs. Cornerback, though, yeah. If he comes to fruition yeah. and can start for them in a in an important capacity and not just like a ten percent snap, you know, yeah, I I think that makes their defense better. Also done like up front, they're better. They're Gerald McCoy, already already they're going to be better. Yes. Yeah, their defense is going to be better. So I think they're above eight and eight. You think so? I don't think they make a run for... Well, I, I, I think the East is going to come down to these two teams, the Eagles and, and the Cowboys, yes. as it has for uh, I would agree. Years. I would agree with you. Yes. Uh, I think the, the Eagles are going to edge it out, but I think the Cowboys are going to make a run for it, and I think they might finish one or two games above 8-8. Eight and eight. 
But think, I don't yeah. I don't think it gets much better than that. Interesting. Because I I know this, this weighs is, on you kind of from a familial Well, from a familiar point and then just looking at the pieces, things like that. I mean I think they'll they'll be better than eight and eight. I definitely think that. Yeah. I think they're gonna shoot closer to like ten and six, you know, like ten games. Yeah. Which like kinda like you said. But I still think Philly is gonna be so, like a way better team that but it's it's that divisional thing man where if you yeah. even if you play a team that that finishes 5 and and whatever right right we've played the right. chargers how many times where they've sucked yeah. and they've still made it close right. you know so it's like that defensive uh or or divisional familiarity where for whatever reason it's just a good game and i think that's what it's going to be in this division and i think they're going to be two games apart at most i think so but they could both make the playoffs, honestly. They they could, but it's like you look at last season, despite Dak Prescott putting up phenomenal numbers, et cetera, are they still gonna be an, like a five hundred team? You know? And it, it, it and basically I think it all boils down to hot take wise, how much better are they truly gonna be with uh Kevin McCarthy or uh their new head coach? <laughs> Whoever that may be. Mike McCarthy. Mike McCarthy. The old Packers old coach. Packers. How much better are they truly going to be with Mike McCarthy? Over who, Jason Garrett? Over Jason Garrett. Who, Mike McCarthy, coached Aaron Rodgers for many years and Couldn't only won one Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers. With Aaron Rodgers. Dak Prescott is not Aaron Rodgers. If Andy Reid coaches the Chiefs for a decade with Patrick Mahomes and yep. only gets one, he's going to be shut. Shut, shut the, get the fuck out of our door. Like, but he's go, not because he's great. Exactly. But I, I, I think Mike McCarthy is a fine coach. Um... I think Jason Garrett was definitely like, it was way beyond time for them to move on from Jason Garrett because of the boneheaded decisions he made. But is Mike McCarthy truly, I think, I think ultimately this team is going to come down to is Mike McCarthy going to make this team better? And my hot take is, I don't think so. I think this team is, they're staying eight. They're still going to float around 500. I, I think this, this team is doomed to hang around 500. That's a bummer. For a lot of Cowboys fans. For your dad, I'm yeah. sure it's a bummer. Yeah. I'm sure he hates the hear you say that. I think he would agree with me. Well, he's in he's a realist. At this point, he's like just stuck in that, that realm. I think my my Cowboys hot take is that CeeDee Lamb leads the Cowboys in receiving yards. Yeah, I can see that. I think also, much like Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs is going to be the pair for the AFC, I think CeeDee Lamb and Dak Prescott are going to be the fantasy talk of the NFC. Right. But... Who you know? Who knows? Maybe he doesn't shine in training camp and he doesn't get a starting job. But that's my right. hot take: is that he's going to lead the Cowboys in receiving yards. He's going to beat out Cooper. And to have Cooper, by the way, as your fucking number two in receiving <laughs> yards, that would be bananas <laughs> and a problem. That would, be, that would a be, lot of teams would love to. Have. That would be crazy. But I mean, you you look at the Cowboys' uh, uh, schedule for this year, and like we talked about, they're they're thirtieth in twenty twenty. Yeah, easy, pretty easy schedule. Almost the easiest. Partly because their division, like we'll talk about the Giants and the R words here in a second, they're not good. Um, but they play the Falcons and the Rams early on. They play the Browns. They play the Cardinals. But again, these are teams that are probably going to be better. Yeah. So despite this being a 30th ranked strength schedule, I think a lot of teams are going to play are going to be way better. It's not going to play. Yeah, it's not going to play as the 30th. Right. And again, they end the season, like the last like five weeks of the season, they play the Ravens, Bengals who are going to be better, the 49ers are going to be tough, Eagles are going to be really tough, and they end the season against the Giants. Well, 
We're gonna get to the Giants. We're gonna get to the Giants, but um, but yeah, I, I I'd be really. I'm the Cowboys are always a fascinating team to watch. So especially yeah. on Thanksgiving when they lose to the Bills like yeah. twenty seven to three. So, yeah. <laughs> um, so that brings us to the Giants, uh, the New York Football Giants. Um, they went four and twelve. They very obviously missed the playoffs. Um, they had a, like ten draft picks this offseason, a lot of cap space, so they they need a lot of work. Um, this was a year that uh, they. Inst- they put in Daniel Jones like midway through the season or something like that. Yeah. And who looks fine. He's a young guy. He, he came from the Manning coaching tree, basically like he was uh, coached and brought up by uh, the guy. I can't remember who the football coach is or the quarterback coach is Peyton Manning <laughs> who trained Peyton and Eli Manning yeah, yeah, to, yeah. to play quarterback in the NFL. He has a lot of the, like a lot of the same ticks in, uh, analysis of defense and things like that, as the Mannings do. I think Daniel Johnson is going to be a fine quarterback. He'll be all right, but they have a lot of problems they need to address. Boy, which we'll talk, we'll talk about in a second. Uh, this year, this year after they moved on from Eli and went to Daniel Jones, um, they were 23rd in offensive DVOA, which is very bad. They're 27th in defensive DVOA, which is also just terrible. They're 22nd in sacks and 28th in interceptions. No, they're not a good team. No, and this was despite having they were tied for 24 and 12. They were, and were not even at the bat. Yeah, being tied for 27th in strength of schedule. So, oh boy, where, I'll, I'll say it's this: like, where do you even start with this? Well, team? yeah, I guess let's go to free agency. You're right. Yep. So they lost a lot. Eli retired. You know that Eli Eli uh, Eli Manning retired. They yes. lost two linebackers. Uh, they might have lost again. We're doing kind yes. of a surface. There's, there's still this is before the June deadline for a lot of stuff. So. Yeah, so they're doing. Or they lost Alec Ogletree mm-hmm. and Marcus Golden, both linebackers. They lost right. Mike Remmers, one of the best huge yeah, right tackle to free agency. Tackle. Yeah, and uh, they also lost another offensive lineman who's a restricted free agent, so he might stay. Who knows? But uh, uh, Joe Halapio. Yeah. Um, a lot of problems there. A lot of big he, names lost. And he tore Jalapio tore his Achilles last season. Yeah, which is why he didn't play as huge, much as he would Huge have. thing. So um I so think that's why he's res- part of why he's restricted. I think so, because of injury designation. Yeah. Um also because they were so bad on defense. I mean, you look at I mean, basically any defensive positions they need to upgrade on. Um but basically, I mean, I, I think if you build up a little bit of their offense or a little bit offense, but really skew heavy defense, I think this team is way better. Yeah. Um, you look at Daniel Jones' film last year, and he's so limited by their offensive line. I mean, I know we, we've said that many times from many quarterbacks from from, from this episode, but you know, Daniel Jones is, is a good quarterback that I think will excel as soon as you give him time to throw the ball. Yeah, and I'm... Okay, speaking of... I, not to jump the gun, uh-huh. but with their first five picks, they picked three offensive linemen. They did, and in free agency, I'm I'm pretty sure they signed a big offensive tackle, uh, Cameron Fleming, yep. uh, from the Cowboys. Yes, so there's a big damn deal. So he'll he'll immediately like plug in and, and play. So I mean, you got four new offensive. Line. I, it, it shows com- at least it shows commitment. You're trying to right. help your new quarterback exactly. Right? And and again, their first pick was. Uh, the fourth overall pick was a big offensive lineman, Andrew in, Thomas, Andrew Thomas yeah. who is a big dude, yeah. who I think will immediately plug in and start at tackle. If you pick a guy in the top five, he's going to start. He's going to start. Yeah. <laughs> so they picked him. Um, they also selected a big tackle from in the third round with Matt Pert, and then later on, uh, Sean uh, Shane Lemu, Shane Lemu yep. in round five. Uh, 
they're talking that this guy in round five could potentially like plug in and play center. Really? So I, I he's a he, listed as a guard. Listed as a guard, and and I think that's a, just a one in. position over just to yeah. play just play center. He's got to learn how to hike the ball. Right. Can't be that hard. I do it all the time. You and I play backyard football all the time, constantly. So uh, in the second round, they they landed a big safety uh, that I think is immediately going to uh, contribute. And he fell. Right, he, he first did. round talent, kind of uh, Xavier McKinney. I, this guy was uh, safety, secondary help. That's like if we didn't have guys like Juan Thornhill or Tyler, yeah, he would have been. With this us. is a guy that's like we need this guy. Yeah, um, but for for the Giants to pick him up, that's a, that's a huge deal. Um, with their, uh, they waited until later on to pick up four linebackers in a, like in a row, like at yeah. the end of the draft, basically. Yeah. Um, their seventh round pick, uh, Carter Coughlin. Had forty sacks and four seasons in Minnesota. That's that's a big deal. Like that dude was is willing to hit and willing to get in there in, in the mix in the middle of the field. Yeah. Um. So I I think that'd be okay. They also um, signed Dion Lewis, right? Running right. back. I couldn't tell you who their backup running back. I mean, they have Saquon, have Barkley, Saquon Barkley, who's one who, of the best running backs ever. Yeah. You yeah. don't need a lot. I mean, him and Christian McCaffrey are kind of leading this. This not. Right. I don't want to call it a resurgence because of all the stats and tape and everything, but. They're definitely the face right. of the running backs of the NFL right now. Uh, so I mean, Deion Lewis is fine. He won a, I think he won a Super Bowl with the Patriots. But I think he did. Yes, I think he was on one of their Super Bowl teams. Right. He's right. been on the Patriots for a few years now. But uh, and then I'm pretty sure Saquon was hurt a little bit last season too. So, so they they need some, like somebody who knows the game exactly. And despite Saquon being hurt a little bit. He was phenomenal. Yeah, like you, he's great, man. He's the type of guy that you plug him in anywhere, and he's gonna exceed. Like, yeah, they also well. signed Colt McCoy, which I thought was hysterical because now no you got kidding. Daniel Jones learning from Colt McCoy. That'd be a great combo. Shh, bad deal. So. <laughs> um, but no, but uh, so so basically, like we talked about um, uh, this year, they're twenty sixth in strength schedule for twenty twenty, and they went so another easy schedule four and twelve. There's n- they're gonna win more games. They have. If they don't, yeah, it, it's I, part of my hot take. However, I don't think they're going to win eight and eight. I think they're going to win closer to six. So they're still rebuilding. They're still rebuilding. Because I think Daniel Jones needs more time to develop. Yeah. He's a good quarterback, but he needs more time to develop, particularly because of the offensive line. And I, it's well, one of those things and that... And again, self-aware, they're addressing that. Exactly. You know? And, it, and if their offensive line gets better, Daniel Jones will definitely get better. Right. Because you give him more time to, to do what he needs to do and be a good quarterback. Um, so I, I I would shoot them closer to like maybe just a few just a couple more wins closer to six seven wins. I would agree with that. I yeah. think they're I think they're going to be above four and twelve. That's not hard, but uh, yeah. I think Daniel Jones needs to take that next step this year. Right. Obviously, I mean right. I feel like everybody. It's so fucking. If you if you pay attention to the NFL at all, that's like uh, the fucking thing that's said most right. is Daniel Jones needs to take the next step. But he plays a. F- Tough teams next year. I mean, you have to play the Eagles and Cowboys twice. Yeah, and then you were looking at you have to play uh, the 49ers again, the Rams who are going to be who knows which team's going to show up. You're playing the Steelers who are probably going to be better with like Ben Roethlisberger, um, as well as the Bucks who Tom Brady's coming into town, Um, and then the the Seahawks, the Cardinals, and teams like that. And then they play the Ravens. Like, ah, (laughs) this is going to be crazy schedule for them. So I think that's why. They're, they play a lot of good teams, especially in their division, who yeah. are going to be better. Um, so that, that's why I, I basically believe they're going to they're going to win closer to six, seven games. I would agree with that, and I think 
I don't know that I super have a hot take for this team. I don't know. It's this is a one giant. of those teams that I don't like, know a lot about. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Even after research, it's like I don't. None of their games stood out. Like I remember hearing Daniel Jones make a couple good throws, but right. nothing, nothing major. So I mean, it, I'll, I'll just uh, push my hot take off to Daniel Jones. If he, right, if he comes on, it's going to be great for them. They can start rebuilding, but so. if he misses this next year, if and he's just a big a miss, whiff, yeah, I, it, it's gonna be rough. I would definitely agree with that. And but I, at least they have an offensive line to sort of yeah. plug and, someone and else. They have in. old Colt McCoy to, to back ah, it up. There you go. So no, I would agree with that because I think it, it all comes down to someone like Daniel Jones, and pending how the offensive line does and how Daniel Jones plays, like who? I mean, it it it's totally dependent on him. So I'm gonna put my hot take on Daniel Jones. And if he's better, this team is going to be really good. If they're not, this team is going to be just really bad, yeah. just so bad. Yeah. But again, it, it's like that whole thing where like Dino Jones is not the player to put this team on his back. No, he is not Mahomes. He's not Josh Allen for better or worse. He's not those type of guys. Um. So he needs the team around him to play well, so that way he can play excellent. Yeah. Basically. That brings us to the, the Washington Washington team. R words, <laughs> which is not the R word you think it is. Yeah, no. Twenty twenty, you didn't you wouldn't think yeah. there's a team named this. There is right. Washington went three and thirteen. They very much missed the playoffs. It was a giant whiff. Um, there was a whole thing where they started. I think Colt McCoy. I'm pretty sure, and then had Dane Haskins play. Like Case, Case Keenum. Case Keenum. I'm sorry. Yes. Case Keenum came in. Yeah, he was a big answer for Alex Smith's unfortunate because injury. Because he took the Vikings to like almost the yeah, playoffs or whatever I, I, it was? Yes. Like, what um, the fuck are we doing? I don't know. Um, Case, <laughs> Yes. So they went with Case Keenum for a while, then switched to Dwayne Haskins, who Dwayne Haskins better than Case Keenum. is a good quarterback. Yeah. You, you look at his college tape, Dwayne Haskins can throw the goddamn ball. Yeah. That dude, that dude can throw the ball. Uh, Donovan McMahon. But Donovan McMahon. I think Dwayne Haskins' big problem is maturity when it, oh, okay. when it comes to like being that guy to step up and, and be the, the face of your team and things like that. That's the only issue I have with Dwayne Haskins. I think he's a phenomenal quarterback that I think will excel in the league as soon as you give him time and someone under like Ron Rivera, who I, I like that as a coach a lot. He did a lot for Cam. He did. And I, I think that's it's almost a similar situation. Yeah. So, um, so, yeah. So... They were 30th in offensive DVOA, which is terrible. They were 24th in defensive DVOA. I mean, DVOA, not a good team. Also bad. 10th in sacks, which is weird. Uh, 15th in interceptions, which is also kind of weird. They had the easiest strength and schedule in 2019 and still only won three games. Yeah. But again, that was because of a carrot. Like they went with Case Keenum for a while, then Dwayne Haskins and whole thing. Uh, Dwayne Haskins showed up first couple games and didn't play that well and then picked it up a little bit and like actually won a couple games for them. Um, but yeah, it, it's tough, man. Um, I think the big issue of all the issues with the Washington Reds are Washington whoa, whoa. is you look at Trent Williams. Yeah, man. And the Trent Williams saga. That's so weird. This lineman who is really good, really good. Wanted the fuck out of Washington from the word go. Yeah. <laughs> and it was a whole back and forth and he like didn't play games and blah, blah, blah. And he has since asked for a trade and moved on. Yeah. Um, Do we know where he is? 
Yes. I mean, we, I mean, we don't. I know they. They. So okay. Well, I'll fill the time. They lost a lot. They I'm lost pretty Josh sure, Norman. I'm pretty sure Trent Williams went to the 49ers. They lost Josh Norman. They lost Trent Williams. They lost Jordan Reed, a really good tight end. They lost Case Keenum, and they lost Eric Flowers, an offensive lineman. Right. Which is you look at like. If they you lost a lot, you man. need a lot of help and for being three and 12, by the way, you lost like 90% of your best players. Exactly. And uh, a lot of the time it's like, again, you have a young quarterback who needs to develop. What do you need? You need offensive line help to develop this guy to like, give unless him more they don't time to believe help. in Dwayne Haskins, you know, unless they think he's a stopgap. unless they don't, um, because, I don't know, man. Because they didn't do a lot to help him in the draft or anywhere else. They didn't. Um, and also, uh, let's see, uh, tight end-wise, Vernon Davis retired. Uh, he's he gone. On, he was on Washington? He was on Washington. He was at Washington. Uh, another On, on Washington. On Washington. <laughs> another tight ends, uh, Reed. Um, yeah, they lost Jordan Reed. Jordan Reed, he, like you said, he, he's gone. So that leaves a big, gate, giant hole at tight yeah. end. Um, and then again, Josh Norman, like you talked about, he's gone. Um, Quentin Dunbar is still back there, but like, that's not, that's not going to help you at all. Yeah. And they, so they signed Ronald Darby. They uh, did. Yeah. Ronald Darby. Eagles. Exactly. Who is pretty good. He's quick. He's fast. I think he'll be okay. They signed Thomas Davis linebacker. They did. They also signed our boy. Don't even talk about Kendall it. Fuller. God damn it. Who I love. Um, and then they signed uh, a guy named what's Wes. Schweitzer, God, that's so hard to say together. He's a center, uh, okay. which is like the okay. one offensive lineman they picked up, right? Which again, the the next offensive lineman they picked up was in the fourth round of the draft, right? So if you have a young quarterback you believe in, why would you only why would you lose the be- one of the best tackles yep. in the NFL, if not I, the best? I couldn't tell you, and then fill it with a fourth round pick and a guy we've never heard of, right? And and also they they picked up Kevin Pierre Lewis, okay. They sure who's that? He doesn't have the, the hand. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, yep. <clears throat> that guy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So so they picked up him. They picked up a, a, a couple of other edge rusher linebacker guys. But again, they need a lot of offensive tackle of help. Um, they need a lot of uh, edge help and then wide receivers. I couldn't tell you any wide receivers on the Washington R words. I have no idea. No. None. Um, I mean, so they, they drafted Antonio Gibson, who's a wide receiver yes. out of Memphis. Yes. In round three. So again, you're not giving your guy weapons. You lost Jordan Reed. You lost Vernon Davis. Right. What are you doing? You're not helping. Again, I think they don't believe in Dwayne Haskins. I I think he's going to prove them wrong. That's not my hot take. Right. I think so too. But but you look at you look at through their receiving line, McCl- like some guy I, who I. I look through the receiving. I don't, don't recognize any. I don't know who any of these yeah. people are. Literally, no idea. Again, Jordan Reed and Vernon Davis were probably their leading receivers. No, Vernon Davis had a. He only played four games. Well, okay, and I'm only had a, under twenty-three now. yards. Hey, if you're gonna make me look like an idiot, tell me first before you say it on air. <laughs> this is live. <laughs> and then I don't see. I don't see Jordan Reed. Well, fuck. Weird. Man. Am I just? The this biggest is, idiot. This is bizarre. I don't know. This is They're bizarre. They're three and this fourteen or whatever. Yeah. So anyway, so so again, they need a lot of if you shit. if they you look at their their the Washington R words lineup, you need help everywhere. Yeah. And first pick of the draft, they took arguably probably gonna be the generation generational talent at Edge Rush. He's Khalil Mack five years later, man. Chase Chase Young. Um this dude 
He can play fucking every position yeah. besides maybe safety. I, I think Chase Young, he's going to be the guy on defense to Dude. lead a defense for a while. He's um, your star on that side of the He's, he's going to give you time to build your offense. Um, so, yeah, so so they did that. Um, later on, they, they traded uh, Williams away, and they picked up a left tackle. Um, but that was, like, way later in, like, the fourth round or something like that. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Their first offensive line pick was 108 in the fourth round. Right. So, uh, Sadiq, Sadiq Charles. Charles or something like that. Yeah, but he's, he's a big developmental prospect, so that's not going to be good. Um, they took uh, a running back, Antonio Gibson, in the third round, who I think he's a pretty good running back. He's he's both a runner and a, and a pass catcher. So say I have him listed as a wide receiver. Exactly. He'll he'll be he'll be better. Um, and then also wide receiver Antonio Grandy Golden. So um, he's a he's a very tall. He's like imagine uh, DK Metcalf. Ah uh, yes. Kind of same comp. Okay. Uh, can run really quick in certain lines. Right. Um. Man. Yeah. <laughs> The Washington R words, man. Um, so again, a lot of help. They need help everywhere. They went three and thirteen last year. This year, they're they're twenty eighth in strength of schedule, which is so they should be running the show, right? Yeah. Like, if you're not twenty, I don't know, twenty eighth, but you still have Dwayne. Hat, I don't know. I don't know. I do know. Are you ready for my hot take? Well, okay, over and under. Yeah, let's do over under. I see them winning a lot more. No, dude. I see them winning maybe two to three more games. That That's really it. So, I mean, I guess over. I guess over. But I think they're going to be over, but there's no way in hell they're going to win. They're not going to make a push for anything. No, they're going to be over five. They're going to be close to 500. No, they're not getting eight and eight. Because, again, like we talked about. Ceiling is six. The Eagles, Cowboys, and, and Giants all are going to be better. Yes. And they have to play them every year. They play the Ravens. They play the Rams. Um, they also play the Lions. Huh. <laughs> we we don't have much to say about the that. Uh, they also play the Steelers, the 49ers. Wow. Yeah, and the, and the Seahawks and, and stuff like that. So so I, I, I predict this team is going to win closer to probably like maybe five, six games, yeah, maybe. I could give them that. So my hot take. Yep. Hot take for the, for the Washington team <laughs> who needs to absolutely change their name. Yeah, uh, 100%. Chase Young is going to lead the NFC in sacks. Ooh, yeah, I could see that happening. Who else you know on the NFC that's really besides maybe the Seahawks front line, and that's all of them, or Joey Bosa or something? Like that. No, dude, Joey Bosa's not gonna do shit. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here, MAGA fucking idiot. <laughs> fuck Joey Bosa. Uh, yeah, I think Chase Young is going as a rookie going to lead the NFC in sacks. Obviously, Frank Clark and Chris Jones are going to lead, dual lead the AFC in sacks. But uh, yeah, Chase Young, NFC sack leader. Right. Uh, I I could. It's all going to go to waste. I I could definitely see that. It's not going to be do anything for them. Um, I unfortunately think they don't. They didn't do enough on offense, so I think they're going to crash and burn very hard again. Um, I think as much as I like Dwayne Haskins, and he's going to he's going to be a good quarterback. The more time you give him. Um, they didn't do enough to help him out. So I think he's going to crash and burn, unfortunately. And I don't think it's going to be... I think a, he's going to look bad. I don't think it's going to be a Dwayne Haskins problem. It's going right. to be all the talent... But he's going to look bad. ...or not talent around him that's going to make him look bad. So that's my Man. Well, there we are. <laughs> There's the East. The AFC, NFC East. Fucking made it, man. Look. We understand these are long shows. You got a lot to digest. We hope you're enjoying it. 
it's just two guys who have a lot of shit to say. We do. And we, we talk to each other and that's it. So we, we needed to talk to three more people. And they love football and love the crazy shit about football. And we can't wait to watch it again, hopefully. Oh, man, and let's hope so. But yeah. So let us know what you think. We're still debates on tap, so right. you can still find us at all the normal places. Right. Email us at debatesonfans at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter at debates on tap. Find us on Instagram at debates on pictures. Facebook at facebook.com slash debates on tap. You can listen to us on Spotify, whatever you listen to us on now. Wherever. Really? That's where yeah. you should listen to us. Wherever. You could Google us, find it, whatever. Subscribe if you want more crazy hot takes. And if you disagree or are a fan of one of these shows, shows. A fan of one of these teams and a listener of this show, let us know. We'd let love us to know hear about your it, yeah. hot take or or what you think what we got wrong with your team. Right. Uh, we're open to criticism. We won't accept it, but we're open to a little it. bit, a little bit. Yeah. So light, yeah, we, light criticism, light. Keep it light. <laughs> uh, yeah, we'd love to hear it. So let us know, big time. So thank you so much for listening. And we'll see, see you in a month next time. <laughs>